0: on episode 31 of Pixel Guide In, Eric's got a new RetroPie project. More fishing in video games. The guys get a little negative? Six good games with good 8-bit soundtracks. Eric talks mobile games. Cody talks non-video games. Tim talks the Atari ST. It's Intellivision Madness. And the BBC get some love. One.
1: Another visitor.
0: Stay a while.
1: Stay forever. Welcome to Tick the Guide!
0: Featuring Cody, Eric, and Tim Drew! Now, here are your hosts, Eric Nelson! And Cody
1: Hoffman! Yeah!
2: Yeah! Yeah. This is the March 30th episode of Pixel Gaiden, and this is Eric Nelson.
0: Boom! And I'm Cody Hoffman! We're doing the Monster Truck thing today.
2: We are hyped up and ready to go. How's your (laughs) March going? The
0: March is going great. I've had two beers
2: this March. (laughs) <laughs> Only two? Well, wow. ah, two tonight. Two tonight. Yeah.
0: Actually, honestly, the last few days, uh, I, I, yesterday I drank nothing because I was trying to stop for a little bit. Because previous two days I had friends over. Yeah. And drank too much. Woke up with a headache both following days. Yeah. Which isn't good. And then I realized today, oh, regardless of what I want to do. Oh, what I want to do is drink beer. But that's what I told myself I'd do tonight's Pixel Guide in. Yeah. And our our listeners deserve to hear us a sober <laughs> with a little buzz so
2: yeah, right exactly you don't want a sober host we don't trust me yes
0: yeah,
2: so and that game had like 14 sprites
0: uh the atari 2600 yeah. was a machine released by atari corporation in 1981 this is not fact checked at all i'm just trying to sound boring
2: yeah that's I do, what would happen though. i do listen to a lot of podcasts like that
0: <laughs> well you'd be one of the few yeah um yeah
2: so anyway, we we are good. So a few beers in here, so we're doing pretty well. And we've
0: got a beer on the horizon. Yes, we do. We're going to go ahead and start ourselves with uh, a couple of quick questions like we always do. We've got a uh, Tim Drew correspondent from UK segment, Tea Time with Tim. He's going to be talking about the Atari ST line of computers. We've got Cody's Corner. That's me.
2: Yeah, what are you talking about I'm mark? talking
0: about, uh, I call it extra credit. It's a few things I think gamers might be interested, even though they are not actually game-related. Oh. Just a little tidbit. Doodads short. and whatnots? Doodads and whatnots aplenty. Gadgets and gizmos galore.
2: Gadgets want, and gizmos up the wazoo. You want think-a-bobs? <laughs> I got
0: 20. Nice. I think that is the second time I've quoted That Little Mermaid joke on the show <laughs> I'm not going to lie I do remember that in the past And then Eric has an Eric's take Mobile mania Mobile mania oh. Yeah, mobile mania yeah, ba, ba, ba.
2: Does that sound intense enough? That, that's that's blowing my mind Sunday, up Sunday, Sunday, Sunday
0: Eric's going to talk about mm,
2: Mobile Mobile mania <laughs>
0: mobile mania well it's the very first part of pixel guide in which means we're gonna do some quick questions quick questions eric i think we're pretty positive dudes most of the time
2: we are i'm positivity
0: eric yes you are are we gonna talk like this the whole time because i can do it yeah (laughs) all right let me get some more happy powder all right i'm ready to go eric let's do this
2: all right is that too much that's too much you've gone too far (laughs) We just are g with it to PG-13. PG-13. <laughs> uh,
0: what is the least favorite, however, uh, or least used, mm-hmm. however you want to take it, system that you have? We always talk about, we love all of our systems for we the do. most part, and I legitimately love owning <laughs> all my systems. Yes. But which one do you think is the least amount of use? I, I don't want to even say amount of love. Which system do you think is the least useful? I don't... Yeah, take, take it, it how you will. It,
2: it, it, I gave a lot of thought to this because I saw the question on the notes, and I it, it kind of makes me sad. <laughs> that, I'm glad that one of us did. It. Okay, so for the longest time, if if anybody uh, has paid attention, one of my least favorite consoles used to be the N sixty four. But the cool thing about this podcast is it has forced me to play more games on the N sixty four, and it has risen up the ranks. Yes, yes. So I there not are not that s- I
0: love the Nintendo sixty four, but I right. don't I don't think it deserves et Atari Twenty Six Hundred status.
2: Yeah, well, the, in your the, mind, the controller to me
0: sucks. You fixed that though,
2: but I did fix that, and that that helps. So it, right. it's rising up the ranks. So I looked around me when I saw that question. I was like, what am, What haven't I dug out and played in a long time? It's the Ti Ninety Nine Four A. And and listen I have friends I have friends on Twitter who Oh my gosh. Me, I have friends on Twitter who got me into the TI994A and I I feel like I'm betraying them in a way. You're an
0: awful awful friend, Eric. In yep. fact, now you've been degraded to acquaintance.
2: But I have to say the effort in pulling that out, hooking it up, getting all the peripherals and the sidecars and stuff and it's not worth to me to, to play those <laughs> games okay, and I hate funny. to say it. But that's for me, it's it's been sitting in a crate for probably eight months now and I haven't yeah. touched it. Yeah. So anyway that I'm mean, gonna have to say so I would
0: have guessed you would be the Nintendo sixty four, but I've No, I've been playing
2: that more especially with the Battle of Systems last you know, last yeah. episode, two what, weeks ago.
0: What do you think mine's gonna be? What would you have to get if you had to guess what from uh. what you know about me?
2: what i know about you i would say that it is man that's hard um i would say (laughs) well i would say the ti 994a eric you are correct (laughs) that is honest i didn't think you were gonna say that
0: yeah but it's hard because i love it i absolutely love it yeah uh physically it is one of the coolest things i own
2: yeah the stainless steel chassis stainless steel i love the feel of the keyboard um, this, this voice synthesizers, a neat little add on the peripherals
0: that the brewing Academy makes and sold me were inexpensive and they work really well. Yep. Uh, but yeah, just the software that it plays is not terribly fun. Nope. Um, so I'm going to try to pull it out from time to time to experience it, to keep it fresh in my mind. But you're right. That's, that's the system that, um, unfortunately I think I'm going to give the least love, even though if it was purely based on the hardware and how it looks, it's actually one of my highest ranked yeah but let's be honest it's not about that it's about what you do with it and what i do with it is very little
2: and i've sunk a ton of money into mine i mean i've gotten peripherals i've gotten upgrades i got the f18a like video upgrade so it does like 80 column and and enhanced graphics <sighs> and stuff i did yeah, that just,
0: is too funny i didn't think we were going to both agree on that
2: no i didn't either i had no idea
0: now here's a real question yeah All right. mm-hmm. Um. An evil gnome.
2: <laughs> oh, you're doing evil gnome.
0: Good, good, oh, good. Oh, no. Eric, an evil gnome. Why am I being romantic? I don't have anything else.
2: That's okay. Eric. <laughs> oh, no.
0: Not an this. evil gnome. Yeah. Hops into your house whimsically. Okay. Yep. Grabs your TI-99-4A and tosses it out the window and it shatters into a million pieces. Yeah. Then he hops outside and dumps a big old pile of yogurt on it.
2: Okay. Not good. I hate you, evil gnome.
0: Oh, he's back. Okay, you almost left him out, but I made sure he stayed. Would you buy the TN ninety A again? I would. I, me too. I would. <laughs> yep. So, I what would. does that say about the system or us? I don't know. Yep. I would abs. I want to own that.
2: They, yeah, I want to own it. And to be honest, in a f- few months. I, a game will come out for it, like a homebrew or something, and I'll be like, hey, you know what? I want to dig that out and try it.
0: So honestly, when it comes to microcomputers, web computers, mm-hmm. the ones I use the most are the ones that have the, the most hopping homebrew community. Of course, yeah. And so Commodore is tippy-top. Mm-hmm. ZX Spectrum has now become right below it. Yep. Especially once I get my get my next, and I can play all of the games. Yep. Because I have a standard 48K, which I can only play about half the games that come out nowadays, because they're usually mm-hmm. you know advanced with sound and stuff.
2: Right. MSX?
0: Um, the MSX has, is probably
2: third. Yeah, and Amiga? Uh,
0: I mean... The Amiga... Well, the Amiga is a whole different thing. We'll get to that in a little bit, because I'm trying to find a setup that works well for me, which yeah. I have not found that, but... Um, I have I have all the Wedge ones, so I darn well should be able to figure that out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Amiga's definitely going to be up there. And then Coco is probably up there. And the Atari is actually pretty darn good as well, the 800XL. I'm just kind of looking up there. Um, I Even the VIC-20 gets a lot of love. Yeah. Um,
2: and I was trying to think of my consoles, too, because I wanted to add, because like I said, my N64 is in there for me, but... I I go to my consoles all the time, yeah. PS1, PS2, Saturn, like the, all the ones that you think would be rare, like Master System, I still boot those all the time. Honestly,
0: well, see, the only other the only other caveat would be I have a couple of systems that I just haven't gotten working the way I need them to. Same
2: here. The Calico, plus four. Yep, plus four. For me, it's ColecoVision. Okay, yeah, my yeah, My ColecoVision's yeah. teetering on the brink of, like, non-functionality, so... Is it that, or do you think it's the output? No, it's both. The output and the power supply. Oh, okay. Like I, yeah, I'm the power getting... supply
0: is a tricky part.
2: Yep. So, uh, you know, I'd, I'd play that more if I had a nice system like my Intellivision. Mm-hmm. If I had a nice, nice thing, I would use it more often. But I, I th- honestly, I'll probably just have to go to the drawing board and buy another ColecoVision. Gotcha. Like, like one in better shape.
0: I think probably just the power supply, but that's going to be the same price. Oh.
2: When I got my Click Visual, I was like, I- "I'm going to buy a five dollar one and fix it up because I don't care if it's not working." Big mistake. Yeah, it, I mean, I I still haven't got. I've got it working halfway. It just doesn't work real well.
0: I only have a few systems. I really don't use that much. But like I said, the, the Plus Four, I don't have working correct yet. Mm-hmm. I really want to dig into it though. Uh, honestly, the Apple, my Apple too. Mm-hmm. Um, I really haven't touched it. I that, really.
2: That's too bad. But, but, it, but part of
0: that is because I haven't figured out to get how to get mine to work correctly with the floppy emu the, the sd card solution yeah which yours does i mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to spend a day with you if, you, if we can do that of again. course yeah figure that out um the Fairchild channel f which i don't have working yet and i want to that's a future project to get that thing working yep um you know what came in second the magnavox i don't use very much
2: oh the odyssey, odyssey 2 because i remember but i knew got i wasn't
0: going to use that very much i probably yeah. use that less than the ti 99 right and uh next might be the the atari 7800 honestly
2: see i want to get an atari 7800
0: it's another one. I, I would recommend you own it. I would still want to own it, but that probably gets you less, what, less love than most stuff around here, do too. You know what
2: came in second for me for least use systems is probably my Mac Classic. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. the little oh, yeah. black-and-white Mac Classic. I loved it when I got it. I was super into it for about a month, and then it just sits in my closet now. I haven't even booted it up in probably eight months, seven months.
0: See, but you say that, eight months, now, and I don't think you've ever told me I haven't booted it up in years no, I mean you you pop everything out and experience it, and that's the point. We, they're not just sitting on our shelves looking pretty. There,
2: no, I don't we're, think we're there's anything them. I haven't used in years. Yeah, so frankly, you know what, you know what, for years, probably be my Xbox 360. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, mine gets a lot of use just because of Just Dance.
2: That's good. My, my
0: girls play it all the time. That's but yeah, perfect. As yeah. a console, I haven't used that in a while.
2: In all your years of gaming, who is your favorite villain or boss in a game and why? So
0: I, I did have a hard time picking this out because there's a lot of good ones, but there's nothing that really sticks out. The only one that kept popping in my head would be Mother Brain from Metroid, the original Metroid. Yeah. You Did you fight the final boss in that game?
2: I don't think I ever made it there, but I've so, seen it in videos and stuff.
0: So Metroid is one of the first games I owned being an NES game. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually never beat it legitimately until a few years ago okay. when I said, I'm going to play it front to back. Because when I was a kid, the first thing I learned, even before I owned the game, was that you could go into the password screen, type in all lowercase, Justin Bailey, yeah, and then your second line was all dashes. And you do that, and you become, I don't know why, we always said it was Justin Bailey, because it mm-hmm. sounded like a name, but it was actually Samus with her helmet off and her hair flowing. And she had every power-up in the game. Oh, wow. And you were at the very last level. Oh, cool. So I did that all the time. Yeah. Fought through all the Metroids to get to the final boss, which only takes like five minutes. Yeah. And then you fight Mother Brain. Mm Mm-hmm. And just the ominous music, the crazy... You basically are in this weird space lock thing where you've got to... uh, There's a little platform, and you've got to stand on that and shoot this gate, which has like this membrane that regrows. So if you shoot it a bunch, you get skinnier and skinnier and skinnier, but if you... Uh, get knocked off by these things we call Cheerios that are just floating around. Yeah, They're like little. Amoebas. I remember those. Yeah, we I remember called those. them Cheerios. Okay, and they would knock you off, so you had to try to get back up there and shoot it. Otherwise, it would regrow. And you want to get rid of that gate. And as soon as it was empty, you could jump through there, and you basically do it again to the next gate. And you're going to do it three or four times until you actually get to the point where Mother Brain is sitting there in her little glass case. Yeah, the little... There's lava below you. Yeah, so you try to stay on that platform, avoid the Cheerios, and shoot Mother Brain, who's this big pulsing heart even though it was a brain it like pulsed like a heart and it was just so ominous and um, atmospheric especially when I was seven or whatever right so that's got to be my number one
2: cool that's a good one I, I never beat that game I I love that game and I every couple of years I'll go back and replay it but I haven't I haven't beaten that game but I've I've watched videos of people beating that game yeah so.
0: What was your uh, boss of so it's not, repute?
2: It's not too retro, but um, it was in the first Borderlands, Handsome Jack. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought he was a cool...
0: Yeah, because you had, you're, you were in touch with him the entire game.
2: You were in touch with him the entire game, and then you finally meet him at the end in that little closed-in arena, mm-hmm. and the first time I went up against him, I died pretty much right away. Yeah. And then, like, I remember just walking away from it, and then the next day I went back to the save point. Played them again, got a little further, got a little further, got a little further. It took me like a week, and then by like like the next weekend, I remember sitting down. I remember persevered. It was a Saturday morning. I'm like playing, and like my health bar was down to like three percent. Boom! Knocked him down. I was like, I remember throwing my hands up in the air, like, yeah!
0: Like I, <laughs> I was so excited. And your wife about came that. out and yelled because she was sleeping. It was three a.m.
2: <laughs> nah, well, maybe I don't really remember, <laughs> but I thought that was was awesome. I played on the Xbox 360, so not. And you know, I the funniest thing is, I thought about how retro the Xbox 360 was. My son was born, and then a year later, the Xbox came out. I mean, okay. That, that's Xbox a long time I mean my out. son's yeah. 15 years old Yep So I mean That's That's a long time Yeah that, that that console's been out A long time Yep So I'm gonna count it As retro one way or no Yeah No
0: it's so, Retro I mean, inspired elite. Well it's not really even that But yeah
2: I think I'd say Whatever. Handsome Jack Even though it's a more modernish game Yeah I love but, it That's great And the first Borderlands is the first game that, Or the game that I I really like I've played Borderlands 2 And I haven't done 3 yet But Border, The original Borderlands Is the best one to me
0: Yeah yeah, he makes fun of you that whole game and makes... It's hilarious. That game was hilarious. And then you mentioned when the health bar was down to almost nothing. Yep. Even though we weren't talking about Metroid. Yeah. That's a perfect example. When you mentioned the health bar being down that low, I instantly heard beep, 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 which is the noise in Metroid if you're below 10% health, I think. Yeah. It just beeps at you like, you're about to die. Yep. Like, be scared.
2: that That's so handy for when you can't take your eyes off the screen and you hear that. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: And I just instantly, when I hear that, feel this Cheerios hitting me and me bouncing back and yep. switching between missiles and regular shot. and it's awesome. Yep, absolutely. Well, let's give it a little bit of show information, Eric. You're good at this. How about you try it?
2: All right. Show information. <laughs> show if wanna, information. If you want to find us on the interwebs, you will go to pixelguiden.com. On Twitter, you can go to at pixel underscore guiden for the, for the podcast show. Yeah, uh, for me, I am at duh Project D U H Project. Uh, Cody is Oddball eleven forty nine with uh, <laughs> kind of, is that right? O D
0: D B A one one four nine. Those ones are L's, Eric. That's right.
2: It was, it's elite. <laughs> it's elite. Speak. Oh, well, there you go, cool and guy then, style. And then Tim Drew, our UK correspondent, is uh, at Sanxion. 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 S A N X I O N. You can review us on Apple Podcasts and if you do so, we would really much appreciate it. You can email us at podcast at com, and for me, at least, that's my favorite thing to do is get emails. Yeah, please, I,
0: please do. Interact. We love it. Yeah, what You do don't you have need something? to be a, a, a Patreon supporter or anything. Nope. Just ask us questions.
2: Ask us questions. Tell us what you'd like, what you don't like. I, I'd like to hear everything. Absolutely. And if you tell us you don't like us, you, I'll tell you you're wrong, but at least we'll hear <laughs> from you.
0: Alright, so we are also on Patreon.com if you want to send us uh, a few bucks a month uh, to support the show. We do definitely appreciate it. If you support at the $3 or more level, you get to be part of our Patreon supporter announcement every month. Yes. Well, twice a month, really.
2: Which is at Patreon.com slash Pixelguiden.
0: Thank you, sir. So, speaking of which, let's go ahead and list our patrons. As we like to do here on the show, I use my online random adjective generator to describe each of our viewers uh patreon supporters and i like to do it in a unique way every time so this time eric Mm. i'm gonna pick it just kind of a it's gonna be bad i'm not gonna try to do a specific accent because then i'll be (laughs) offensive to somebody this is just a generic some kind of accent uh but we're going on safari eric all right hello ladies and gentlemen
2: oh no (laughs) oh no (laughs)
0: Welcome to the Pixel Gaiden Animal Wildlife Conservatory. That's, that sounds like a thing, right? Yeah. Let's hop in the Jeep and see what we can find. Ooh, look up on the left. We have the largest marsupial in the world. It's the Tangy Tim Drew. Ooh! <laughs> Over to your right, in that pond, you'll see the water-dwelling Boorish Tim Tesser. Oh. Here comes a large canopy of trees. Up in the tree, you'll see hanging the smart Henrik Lorfel. Nice. Now, if we can just slow down a little bit here, this next creature is very slow and very quiet. It's the old-fashioned Gary Heather. All right, keep your arms and toes in the vehicle, ladies and gentlemen, because the righteous Dustin Newell is coming up in the next exhibit. How am I doing, Eric? (laughs) You're
2: doing great. (laughs) Sounding good.
0: All right. Ooh, next we have in the... uh, up in the canopy here, caged in our, uh, our largest exhibit in the conservatory. It's the largest wingspaned European bird, the un... Oh, United. The United Matthew Ackerman. <laughs>
2: the Untied.
0: The Untied. No, it's United. It's United Ma- Matthew Ackerman. Hey!
2: <clears throat>
0: now, you'll notice the extraordinary haunches on this next one. Oh, oh my. It's the quirky Daniel James. <laughs> <laughs> now, look quick or you'll miss him. This next animal has a very sleek, velveteen coat. It's the marvelous Josh Malone. In many villages, this is seen as a nuisance animal. It's the staking David Vincent. Now watch out. Kids are known to go missing. Oh no. (laughs) This next animal stalks its prey. It's the searchin' Retro Gamer Nation. My accent has changed like four or five times. Yeah,
2: it's interesting. Crikey!
0: (laughs) This next animal...
2: Wow. (laughs) I feel like I'm there.
0: (laughs) ...has a very long neck. Looking proud, it's the gaudy 10-minute Amiga Retrocast. (laughs) We're going back. That one's too hard. (laughs) It's hard to do. You'll notice a beautiful rainbow pattern on its hindquarters. It's the spooky Graham Axton. hmm Ooh, there's my music again.
2: Yeah, came back. All
0: right, this is a very unique animal. It's the smallest talons of any land animal. It's the acceptable David Modolak. I looked that up, by the way. I talked to him. He told me you don't pronounce the Y like it last time. Oh, good. It's Modolak. Modolak. Would you actually give me kudos for saying it right last time? And, and, and I was, it was wrong. It was wrong. <laughs> And last but not least, our last stop on the tour. Look carefully because you can see these animals hopping
2: between the rocks.
0: It's the aromatic Roy Fielding. Uh, Aromatic, wow. Aromatic, yes.
2: Thank you to all of our Patreons. We really do appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate it very much.
0: Pour one out for my homies, (laughs) our patrons, who make the show possible just takes viewers like you. I'm trying to make a PBS
2: comment, but... Yeah. Right on. So now we're moving right into... Drinking more beer. Drinking more beer. That's right. Perfect. That's, oh, right. right. <laughs> okay. That's actually my favorite part. We so- really need to... <laughs> <laughs> Drinking more beer. You're going to have to introduce this one. This is your private stock. So this stock. beer... This is from the Cody Hoffman mm-hmm. private stock. Um, I call it the Cody Hoffman collection. So...
0: As you guys know, if you listen to the show, my wife got me a keg raider for Christmas. I uh, already went through a, uh, a keg of, well, a sixth keg of a red ale from a local brewery. Mm-hmm. Then I got my one of my favorite beers we found on the show, Juicier Than Thou, from Heretic Ales. Yes. And I was without a keg for like a week. Okay. Because that one was gone. So I wanted to get something that I can get quickly. It was a little less expensive, but still delicious, still hazy. And so Sierra Nevada, which is actually a local brewery, even though it's nationwide, it's, if not worldwide it's now. It's
2: northern California, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's out of Chico, California, so a couple hours north. Yep. Uh, they make a hazy, and so this is...
2: Um, yeah, what... Do you remember the name of it? Yeah, this is a
0: hazy little thing.
2: Hazy, that's right. I hazy remember Hazy little thing Cheers.
0: love. Cheers, Eric. I'm going to do it. Boom! Oh. Oh.
2: I tried to do it and not do it over your laptop. Take-
0: oh, well... With the sound of it, our beers exploded into a thousand pieces, and water got everywhere, but... So that... It's a simple hazy.
2: It's, it's a hazy. It's, not... it's very got a... I, I always describe it as a floral taste. It's very yeah. floral. Um, mm, or like when I What I liked about it is when I poured it, it poured perfectly. Not a lot of head. I mean, it was pretty a good. good amount pr- of head. Pretty easy one to pour. Um, I could smell it as it was pouring, so it mm-hmm. was...
0: Aromatic hops,
2: yeah, definitely
0: unfiltered, so it's nice and hazy. Yeah,
2: Sierra Nevada has yeah. been around a long time.
0: Yeah, but they haven't been making hazies for a long time. This is fairly right. new to them, but right. because of their footprint, uh, <clears throat> this gets into a lot of local bars and things. Yeah.
2: yeah, so we're gonna let this settle a little bit and then rate it later. Or you wanna however you it want however you want
0: to do it, Eric. I've had this one multiple times at multiple places, so
2: let's let, let's sit on it for All a right. bit. Maybe in the middle of the news, I'll break I'll break in with a. With a news alert.
0: We're not doing news this time, but we'll we'll have a news That's alert I mean. in the middle of catching
2: up. <laughs> this coming in.
0: Oh, beer is good. Hmm, news to me. Um, yes. There you go. I was looking for a good sound effect for that. Uh, guys, we're gonna have an awesome episode. We already talked about a few of the things. The other one thing we did not mention, that we're gonna do. Is uh, our sixth good game segment? Yes, in which we're doing games with great eight bit soundtracks. Great
2: eight bit soundtrack. Good games with eight 8- good eight good bit soundtracks. Good
0: soundtracks. Yes. So it has uh, to
2: be has to be one in the one and the other.
0: Well, I got lucky on that one because I focused on the soundtracks, but, <laughs> but they're they're all good games. Um, so we're going to hear a little music a little later on. this should be good. Yeah. Uh, but until then, we're going to go ahead and catch up. Usually, we like to do this with our buddy Tim Drew. Yeah. Uh, who is normally able to join us on the show. Um, he is not going to be able to make it today. We have a few things we wanted to talk to him about, but in the essence of time, we're going to talk without him.
2: Uh, sorry, Tim. Yeah. Well, yep. Sorry, Tim. Poor poor. Well, you know what? We'll catch, my homie. We'll talk about it, but then we'll, we'll also also ask him next time he's in, because I'd like to get his feedback on it, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but he will be with us in spirit and with Tea Time with Tim, yeah. where he talks about the Atari ST computer line. So, perfect. Let's jump right in and catch up on what we've been doing, Eric. Yes.
1: Catching up with Eric and Cody.
0: So right off the bat, <clears throat> regular listeners know I like to brag about all the games I beat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> in contrast, I talk about all the games I didn't beat.
0: Cool. So, good news for all y'all. I only beat one. Oh. I, I kept it Slow simple. Mo. Yeah, and I actually almost had it all finished. Last episode, I talked about Blazing Chrome on the Switch, Mm -hmm. and how there was uh, five levels total, Mm -hmm. and I had already had four down, and it only took me like an hour to get through four. Well, the last level probably took me an hour of playing it to beat the last level, Yeah, but I beat it. And that was? It was not that difficult. I was expecting a lot. Blazing, Blazing Chrome. Blazing Chrome, okay. Yeah.
2: Which I did oh, I did buy, and I have on my Switch, but I haven't... I, I've played maybe, I don't know, a fifth through it or something. One Not level? In, yeah, probably one level. The
0: levels are divided up into three like sections. Okay. So that's, yeah. I it's, I love the game. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I heard a Game Boy knows.
2: I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it. It takes a long time to boot up, so I'm booting it up I'm now. Let,
0: ooh, Game Boys? <laughs> they don't take very long, Eric. Uh, um,
2: uh...
0: So anyways, it was a great game. It's definitely got that cr- Contra thing I love. Um, I would still highly recommend it. It was just very simple, um, rather short, but I've played a lot of that style of game. Others people might beat their head against the wall and not like it.
2: Um, I liked what I played. I did see that it was, where would you rank it out of, um, like 12 difficulty, um, (laughs) nodes, like, like 12 difficulty nodes. What would you rank it in its difficulty?
0: I, I don't know how to answer that because Difficulty is very subjective. It Some is. Some stuff clicks with people. That's true. It's a running gun, so if I was going to compare it to other running guns... Mm-hmm. um I don't know. What would you consider a running gun that's a 12? The original Contra was really difficult.
2: It was very difficult.
0: A lot of people considered Cuphead really difficult, but I don't think that was as hard as the original Contra.
2: I don't think it was as hard as the original Contra. I think it was still pretty hard. So if
0: I put Contra at 12 and mm-hmm. Cuphead at... See, I would say nine, but maybe for ten if you didn't play a lot of running guns. I was gonna say nine. This would be to me. This was like a five.
2: Oh, really? So it's easier. Oh, yeah. I haven't tried. I haven't gotten far enough to really have a cohesive. Uh, and I play opinion on, on it on
0: normal difficulty. Yeah. And the fact that they give you like a bunch of lives, and you get like three continues, and then and you go back. But I mean, there's checkpoints. Yeah. So it makes it easier. I mean, the gameplay itself is probably more difficult, but the fact they give you those checkpoints more often means it's not as difficult
2: how did you like the ending
0: I couldn't tell you what the ending was oh you didn't finish it no I did I just don't remember right now
2: oh you don't remember
0: I don't think I remember it being very grandiose it was, pro- okay. it was kind of if I, I it some must people, have been like the
2: end some people make a big deal out of like if it's a good ending or just a boring ending y-
0: yeah m- most games I remember Cuphead I remember a lot of endings this one just kind of I think it's more or less said, okay you saved the world the end fair enough so, fair I liked enough. it it was good okay I got on sale, so it was definitely worth what I paid for it. Yeah. Um, I also played Owlboy. Oh, okay. Uh, I bought this a while ago physical. Okay. It's considered to be one of the most gorgeous pixel art games available, and it got really high rankings. It was getting like n- at 90%, 90 plus percents on rating sites. I don't really enjoy it. It's a good game. I've seen it um, for sale,
2: but it never, it never, it never uh, enticed me to buy it. It's weird.
0: It's, I thought it was going to be like a Mega Man style or some kind of platformer. And really, you're an owl boy. mm mm-hmm. uh, So you pretty much can run around and you jump. But when you hit jump again in midair, you start flying. And then it becomes like you're f- flying. But you can't attack, except for the fact that you can pick up your buddy who, who doesn't fly and has a gun. When you pick him up, you can aim with the other stick and shoot with him. Hmm. And then okay. you get other characters that you can swap out with your buddy because you can teleport them in and out. It kind of just becomes a control, convoluted nightmare. Yeah. Um, and the, it's very linear, even though it tries to give you the feeling of it being... It's open like world. one of
2: those games feels like open world, but it's really...
0: It's not. It doesn't know. even feel that open world. It's pretty linear. And I don't know. It's just kind of... It almost feels... When I play it, it feels like a task more than fun. So I think I'm done with it. Um, which surprised me because it got such good reviews, which just yeah. kind of goes to show... I kind of take a review that if it gets like a 75% or better and it looks like something I would enjoy, I'm going to try it. Yeah. Cause I might love it. It might only get a 78%, but it hits my boxes. And if another game I look at and I'm like, I don't quite get it, but it's rated so high. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to like it
2: No, I do that all the time Like I, those highly rated games I got there I was like, I, I guess I just don't click with this game
0: Yeah, I don't know I'm kind but, of losing my faith in ratings I'm going to be honest with you yeah. um, There's so many games, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be nose in the air Like video game snob <laughs> guy But there's so many games that when I play them I'm just like, this isn't clicking for me
2: Does <laughs> uh, does Alboy release pellets Of the bones of his enemies? <laughs>
0: I would play it so much more. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that, uh, when you hit the pause screen, there's dissect mode so you can go ahead and dig through and see yeah, who you killed. See what's, yeah, see what's that'd up that'd be in awesome. There. Like eighth grade science.
2: <laughs> that would make the game like two more points interesting. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. It'd become an 80% game for me. So anyways, that was Owlboy. One more uh, Switch game I wanted to mention because yep. you've mentioned it in the past.
2: Oh yeah, and I love this game, but so, I, for some reason I haven't gone back to it. So, so tell I, me about it.
0: I dug into, first of all, I dug into the side tangent um slay the spire oh yeah beautiful game. which i was really looking forward to totally lived up to the hype loved it and it's a very strategic deck building card game where you mm-hmm. work your way up and then you get as far as you can get um you kind of get some extra powers as you go but for the most part you just get better at playing the game building <clears> better decks right uh there's some luck in there uh but it's mostly strategy you can pick different strategies depending on how you it's great the, game the
2: combos are great highly game.
0: suggest that card yeah uh card game yeah but um i did beat it with all three guys mm-hmm. therefore i got the little trifecta and i've kind of done everything you can do in the game yep so unfortunately i'm done i would love to play more and i could so
2: now you're just sitting
0: waiting for a slay the spire too so i was waiting for another card game yeah because i love card games mm-hmm. i loved um uh the card game on battle clash on the neo geo pocket yo card clash.
2: i love that game
0: great game Yeah. Uh, And the same thing in that game. I got to the point where it just all of a sudden got, like right at the end, got so hard that Mm -hmm. I realized how much more grinding it was going to take to build your deck to beat the final boss that I just couldn't. Yeah. Anyways, you had mentioned SteamWorld Quest, Hand of Gilgamesh. Now, SteamWorld Quest is a series I've already enjoyed. I love SteamWorld Heist, which you've tried. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite. It's like a strategy.
2: It's almost like a strategy, almost like a platformer, kind of. But the characters are so big on the screen, it's...
0: Disguised as a platformer? Disguised, yeah. But really, it's almost like Valkyria Chronicles Mm. 2D platformer style. That's right, where you kind of call your shots. turn base. I'm going to go here, hide behind this thing, and shoot this shot here, ricochet it off of here, and try to hit somebody. Yeah. Really cool game. Loved it. Played all the way through that in like eight, ten hours. Mm -hmm. Not a terribly hard game, but a lot of fun. Yeah. Then I tried SteamWorld Dig, and that was a very high-rated game, and I liked that Okay. Yeah, uh, not as much as Heist, which actually got a lower score, but that just goes to show what we just said. So I wanted to try this game because it was touted as like an RPG card battling game, right? I will say I'm loving it. Good. I will say that it is 80% RPG and only 20% card game.
2: Yeah, I, I have to admit it's been several months since I've played it, but I do remember it being pretty heavy, more RPG, which I like. Yeah, no, yeah, I like RPG, so I mean, I was yeah. digging it.
0: So the game, I mean, most of your time is spent picking cards, mm-hmm. but that is just the way you use the battle system where it's more like a JRPG where there's three people on each side or whatever, four people and three or whatever, and you took who, choose who you're going to attack with which attacks, and the attacks happen to be cards. Yeah. So there's some luck on which cards you draw. You can build your deck to a point, um, and you can also, there's some benefits, like if you ch- through, choose three attacks from one, all from the same character, then you get a fourth attack for free thrown in. Or there's uh, team attacks where if you attack with one character and then use this card from another one, right after it, it like doubles the damage. Yeah. So there's some cool strategic elements, but ultimately you're walking around a world, a level. There's levels. And you're collecting treasure and stuff but you're killing characters leveling up your character there's save points where you can fill up your stats again when you do that all the characters in the level show back up again mm-hmm. so you can go back and, and grind for higher levels and you eventually beat a boss and can now go to the next level so it's very much a jrpg with the card based part of it is just a um a vehicle for the tactical battles i guess that being said, I do love it. Um, it is very good. It it's is a, not Slay the Spire, no. which is great, but this is good, and uh, I really enjoy it. I love kind of like sitting in bed at the end of the night and playing through a few battles and being able to stop it there and keep going whenever I want.
2: Yeah, I, it's a great game. Uh, but I agree with you. I think Slay the Spire, if you're looking for a card game...
0: Oh, that is a great game. <clears throat>
2: it's a better card game, for sure. That's I I I love both those games. I need to get back to that Hand of Gilgamesh uh, and I, I I assume when I'm quarantined for 14 days with coronavirus or whatever, <laughs> I'm going to get to that game. I'm going to get back to it. Uh, yep. We joke, but... This, we
0: joke. Uh, if you haven't listened to our last podcast, <laughs> we just found out about the first case at our local school district where our kids go. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens there, but... Yep. Prayers.
2: All right. So this is next thing's about a gift that I got for my wife for Valentine's I, Day. Yeah. It's the uh, RetroFlag GPI case, so it looks a lot like a Game Boy. I'll let you hold this. I'm
0: going to hold it. I'm going to let you do the talking. I won't say anything about what I see yet, but that looks like a Game Boy.
2: Yeah, so don't pull the cartridge thing out, but I'll tell you what that is. Yeah. So this is a basically... I'll show you this at the end, but... In the back there, where the cartridge is, that whole module pops out, and your Raspberry Pi Zero fits in there. Oh, I
0: see it now. Okay. Yeah,
2: I'll pull it out when we're done. Th-
0: this looks like a legit <clears throat> original gray-cased black and olive Game Boy. So it looks exactly it like a Game Boy. Ha- the weight similar. Yep. It's got a couple more buttons. Instead of just B and A, it's got B, A, and then above that, Y and H. So yep. you've got, like, your Super Nintendo.
2: And flip it around, there's two trigger buttons, which I didn't know about until about two weeks after are I was. Right it. Are those right there? Those are two trigger buttons.
0: Okay, <laughs> yep, now I can see them wiggling now. Yep, so those are legit buttons. So the ribs on the back of a normal Nintendo Game Boy case yep. kind of disguise it, but in the middle there, if you move your fingers around, you can see, like, three of the ribs wiggle. Yep. And that's because those are actually two buttons back there.
2: And if you open that little tray down there, that's three AA batteries. Just like the it's original. Just, a, just like the original one, yep. That is cool. So on the sides, contrast button and sound button, sounds on your right. But it, you can go through it, and it's just emulation station. Just like on your arcade main machine, it's emulation station. So you can go through all these emulators, and you can play. I have, like, complete ROM sets on all these systems. 7800 nintendo super nintendo mega drive genesis all that stuff but um it's pretty cool i mean it is it plays all sweet of these
0: little situation you got here
2: this yeah. is cool now something i just finished this morning literally finished on the deadline to come to this podcast is you'll see on the menu i got pico 8 on there That thing took me, I I timed myself, (laughs) two hours last night, Mm -hmm. before I went to bed, two hours last night, took me an hour and a half this morning to finish compiling and installing and making Pico 8 work correctly. Do you remember
0: how many times I've tried making a Pico 8 system? Yep, I do. That's all I'm going to say.
2: So, I was inspired by that struggle that you had. Like, I want a handheld system that plays Pico 8 games, right? You, you while you're messing with that, go ahead and go into Pico Eight. I am already. I sorry, yep. I jumped ahead of you. Yeah, and just go I lied into and said 8. I wouldn't
0: do anything, but I already hopped into Pico yep. Eight. And
2: then do the start Pico Eight, and then in there you can play all those games: Spaceman Man, Splurf, whatever. And the the sounds on the right, if you want to turn that up. But Pico Eight runs great. Now, one thing I couldn't get to work in time was you can't exit out of, on all those other emulators. You can hit both of the buttons. Yes. Space Man Splurf. 8-Bit Glory. So, on all the other emulators on there, when you hit the select and start together, it goes... I
0: suck at this game. (laughs) Yeah, it goes back to the menu. Roy, what did you do to
2: me? (laughs) (laughs) But... Sorry, so, let me shut this thing up. No, so anyway, that won't return back to the menu, so we're just going to have to shut it off to do that.
0: Because it'll exit to explore every time.
2: Yeah, you know, it, it'll just exit to explore. It won't exit back to the emulation station, which all the other emulators will, but I did get Pico8 to work, and it works great. Yeah, now, that's let me, cool. Let me show you this. So when you turn it off, one cool thing is I there's a little Python script on here, and when you turn it off, it actually does run... The uh, Raspberry Pi sequence to actually shut it down, which is pretty neat. So you can see it running the.
0: Instead of a hard shut off.
2: Now, the reason you saw me booting this up, like during when you were talking about the games you played, is because mm-hmm. this thing does take a long time to boot up, which is one of the downsides to it. Like, if you're going to jump into this and play it, you're going to wait probably. 2 minutes for a RetroPie to boot up. Now, that, See, now board, that
0: I knew I could do the retro thing RetroPie thing eventually. Well, yeah. when I was trying to get my regular Raspberry Pi. I really want it to be like start up Picowait. That's it.
2: Right, and this is close, but it's not quite there. You Still have to not go that, but, but I kind of like it cuz now you can play Picowait, but you can also go into every other emulator. I mean, I can play Lynx games. Yeah atari 7800 doesn't matter and they all play really well now this is what i want to show you so the cartridge port like comes out that's cool that when you get this in a kit it's just this game boy part is already built so you don't have to worry about building this Mm -hmm. this comes apart and the raspberry pi zero fits in here and it's got the very one it's so cool the Raspberry Pi sits in here, and the you know the GPIO pins. It's like a
0: large cartridge, is kind of well, yeah, a wide cartridge is what uh, Eric's holding right now. To That's right. describe it to the listeners here,
2: the GPIO GPIO pins on the Raspberry Pi Zero, they push onto these other pins that ha- are all spring loaded. So imagine okay. like forty-eight pins across here, but they're all, all spring, spring loaded, loaded, and they just press against it. So it's super easy when I when the, when this is like mentioned online as a kit, it's so easy to put together. I yeah. mean, it took me like maybe fifteen minutes and, and
0: And for people who haven't seen it, that cartridge he just slid in there, even though it's wide and fits a Raspberry Pi Zero, it's colored to match the rest of the case. Yeah. And it looks like it's painted to look like it's just one small regular gray yeah. Game Boy cart in the back. Like yeah. I didn't notice that until he told me that whole thing is a cart. Yeah. You have to see it to understand, but it's crazy. That's so, crazy.
2: So this device is awesome. But there is one downside that I found, and, and I'm I'm actually... It's $250. No, it's actually cheaper than that. But the D-pad... D-pad sucked. <laughs> so it, it's sloppy in here because it's too small. Okay. So when you're trying to trigger down...
0: It goes to the right.
2: It goes to left or right
0: a lot. I already noticed that in my few seconds of using it.
2: Yep. So... The cool thing is a lot of people are having that problem and complaining about it. There's a guy that's on Etsy that pr- that does a 3D print of this?
0: Just the D pad itself. Just the D pad, but okay. it's
2: bigger and fatter and fits in this hole better. So there's less slop. Yeah, so it won't register left and rights. I mean, people already said, "Oh, thank you, this saved Good. the system."
0: Yeah, because that that was I felt that already, and then yep. instantly my mind just kind of went. Ugh.
2: Yep, and that's true, and it's everybody's complaint. The funny thing is, during gameplay, it doesn't bother me that much. Okay, during menu, yeah. it sucks.
0: I'll try to scroll up and down through the NES menu, and all of a sudden, I popped over to the popped next over one to another over. Another emulator, yeah.
2: and it annoyed the hell out of me. So this guy Etsy does a 3D print, but I also ordered because before I found him. If you get a Game Boy Color D-pad, mm-hmm. it fits better, but it sinks down lower. So it makes it better, but not as good. But this 3D printed one supposed to be perfect. Okay. I've ordered both of them because I didn't know about the 3D printed one. I got you, yeah. But it's actually shipping should be with me tomorrow. So my next cool. report is I'll be able to. Now, you do have to, unfortunately, take this part apart. The, which
0: is the case just of the actual the case, game boy there
2: which is screws and then also you need a spudge tool to pry the plastic apart Spudge. that's what it's called love me some
0: spudge the spudge um which is basically like a flat a large flat head screwdriver made of
2: plastic made of plastic exactly <laughs> no, no, exactly right but See, it's um, what i'm talking about yep there's a spudge tool to get this um apart and there's, there's online things to replace that, but a lot of people like to replace these buttons, which the buttons don't bother me, buttons but the, seemed all right. the D-pad is...
0: So how much did that thing set us back?
2: Uh, my wife bought it. I really don't remember, but it okay. wasn't that much. I mean, I bought a kit that also included the Raspberry Pi Zero, mm-hmm. and I want to say it was like around 90 bucks or 100 <coughs> bucks, something like that's that. That's not bad. No, with the Raspberry Pi.
0: Yeah, well, t- see, that's my issue with the Raspberry Pi Zero. I. It's been out for years now, and I still mm-hmm. can't find a place to buy one Raspberry Pi at zero at five dollars, which is the MSRP.
2: yep, and I've <laughs> so I've purchased three, and they're always more than that, like about 10 bucks, but I still I get still haven't them.
0: seen it for 10. I've seen them like in kits with other stuff for like 25. Mm. I do not own a, a zero yet. So I bought my one first for zero is coming with my Spectrum next, accelerated, yeah, built in.
2: I bought one for the TI-99, because there's a way. Oh, yeah? Because you can... Um... Our
0: favorite computer of all times. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> I bought one because it actually fits into this device that acts like a, uh, a floppy drive emulator. So Love it's that like TI-99
0: for A, 99 4A, Eric.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's a perfect system.
0: I need to add, like... Perfect! A... Oh, do I have it? No, I don't. I had to use uh, that. Up. Um, I have...
2: Fight! Fight! What else do I have left here? All right, I'm ready to move on now. Are you ready to move on? Yep. But you can play something else if you want.
0: No, nah, I, I can't find anything good. I'm just using an excuse to play with stuff here.
2: I'm interested because I didn't know what you were talking about here. More shoe boxes. More shoe
0: boxes? Let- what is- well, let me just tell you. What does that mean? Look to your right and down on the ground.
2: Yes. <laughs> Over here.
0: <laughs> Those are shoe boxes.
2: Okay. I was like, what? Um,
0: it's not terribly exciting. Uh so is my birthday, February twenty eighth. Ooh! As you may or may not know, Eric, oh, I knew. I do know you know. Um, I made it special. <laughs> I feel so warm inside. But uh, let me just go over a couple things I got. Um, so my father in law was getting rid of a whole bunch of random like Tupperwares and things. Yeah. And for those who know the show, they know that I keep all my microcomputers on hooks on the wall, basically displayed. Yeah. Easy to grab and put down on my desk. And then I just need to add all the accessories to plug them in, but where do I keep those? Mm-hmm. Well, I got these for a dollar at Target. These little clear with a white top shoebox. They're plastic shoebox. They're made for like pairs of Jordans and stuff, right? Okay. Um, and I put a label on them, and I've got one over there for my Amiga 500, I've got one for my MSX, my Coco 2, my Atari, my blah, blah 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 blah.
2: And I need to be that I keep mine in Ziploc bags, which is not as I mean, uh, as good.
0: It works too, but I okay. mean, these, in some cases, these take on more room. In other cases, they fit big sp- power supplies. And, and, they and they
2: protect them better. They protect them.
0: So anyways, I've got a few more systems since then. I've mm-hmm. got the Intellivision. I've got my ColecoVision. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, and I've got more Amigas. So I needed more. And my father-in-law just happened to have a ton of them up in his attic. And so I got a pile of like six of them. So I can put more shoe boxes with... Uh, I do the little brother labels the, or Dymo mm-hmm. labels where you print them out. Makes them look nice, put everything in there. So when I want a system, I grab it, grab the shoebox that's associated, have everything, put it all back away. Um, makes it really easy. And honestly, it makes me much more willing to pull things out to play games on different systems. And uh, so part of that is if I have RCA cables, mm-hmm. I don't, like, reuse the same RCA cable or because different systems have different cables. Yeah. So every machine has its own cable. Even if I own 20 pairs of RCA cables, every system has an RCA cable in the bucket with it. Yeah. Because I don't want to sit there and try to find something that I put with another system. I just want everything in the box.
2: And it's key because you're right. Like the systems that I don't play as much, like let's say my Apple II. Like Mm -hmm. if I keep it in a bag that I can't find right away, I just don't want to play it. So I don't go to grab it. So you're right.
0: Yep, that's why I have them all out here, and I'm going to put more out here, so it's just grab the system, grab the box that's right there in front of me. Perfect. Open it up. And uh, I don't have perfect. Eric, why don't I have perfect? I'll, uh, just fight! Just pretend fight is now okay. perfect. From now on, I'm just going to
2: say fight when it's per- when I mean perfect. Fight! Fight!
0: Fight! Fight! Fight!
2: There you <laughs> go.
0: <laughs> um, a few other things I got uh, Ooh, really quick. yeah. Uh, it was on my Amazon wish list, so people just hopped on there and grabbed stuff. Yeah. Uh, I got this rec- Retro Tech book off of Amazon. It was like 12 bucks. Oh, interesting. But I didn't want to buy it for myself because I don't know why I want to have something on a wish list. <laughs> it's actually really solid. Um, hardbound book. Yeah. For 12 bucks on Amazon. Um, who wrote that thing?
2: Who wrote it? Let's see. The Nostalgia Nerd. The Nostalgia Nerd wrote that. Who I honestly don't know who that is. Peter Le- Lee. That, sure. That's what I was going to say. Nerd. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, there's a lot of retro books out there, mm-hmm. but for 12 bucks a hardbound book, it basically gives you one or two pages on pretty much any system you can think of. They kind of do a brief description of it, and then they show three games saying, hey, here's a game you have to check out because it's technically impressive. Yeah. Here's a game that's probably one of the best games on the system, and here's a terrible game you should never play on the system. And it's just a fun read to dig through there and flip through there. Um, I like... Uh, feeding my own consumer whore mentality and flipping through there saying, do I own that? Yep. Do I own that? Yep. Do I own that? Not yet. Let's go, right. fix, let's go fix that. Let's Top on eBay.
2: Because I just saw the 3DO in here. I was like, uh, I, I, I don't had have a, one yet. I had a chance to get one. And I'm like, so no, it's a great book for reference book. And it, you literally could use this as a collector's guide for completion. Yeah. Like, well, I don't have that. I'm going to go get it.
0: Yeah. There's nothing exceedingly rare in there. It's all fairly common stuff, mm-hmm. but it's a lot. Uh, It's clearly written by a Brit, (laughs) just because a lot of the systems in there are England-centric.
2: Well, it is. I noticed an Apple II in here, which wasn't really in Europe that that prominently. So, I mean, he did seem to go outside.
0: Yeah. um, There was a, a lot of images where they show... You, you can usually tell if they show the sega mega drive before they show the genesis
2: that's right yeah
0: and they mention the genesis later so things like that but um yeah I don't know, 12 bucks a killer little book that I, is i love it
2: that's really neat
0: uh and it's hardbound, which is nice so i can display it and the spine looks beautiful on my shelf
2: okay um
0: last thing that i want to mention mm-hmm. i got yes yes <laughs> Another thing that was on my Amazon wish list. This is beer related. This is not game related. We
2: are a beer and retro gaming podcast. My parents got
0: me this, not knowing what it was, because Amazon, they just bought something on my list. (laughs) Okay. Do you see what it is?
2: Let me check it. D style keg coupler.
0: I've got a keg coupler.
2: I don't know what that is. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. Perfect. I'm losing my beer credentials here. No, that's fine. I don't don't, know.
0: You you haven't gotten into keg tapping. I have not. I have not. So I got my kegerator for Christmas yes. for my wife, mm-hmm. which allows you to have a spout to pour beer. Yes. Below that into the refrigerator portion of it. You have a a, a line that feeds your beer from the keg yep. to the spout, which connects to the keg coupler, which actually makes that connection. Yep. And the keg coupler also has a tube that connects to it that's being fed from the CO2 bottle outside. Right. So you've got beer, you've got CO2, you shove them together, force them up through the faucet, pour beer. Which Uh, you just did, and we are drinking it.
2: I support all of that so far. Yep.
0: So what I did is, as soon as I got my kegerator, which I didn't even ask for, my wife was glorious and thought I should own one of these, got it for us. Let's be honest, she drinks a lot of beer too. (laughs) Um, I instantly, within a week or so, went, how cool would it be if I could fit two kegs in here? Because they're sixth kegs, they're skinny and tall. Mm -hmm. So when I got my second keg, I didn't return the first one yet. And I checked, and yes, they both fit in the kegerator. Ooh. I can fit two beer kegs, uh, sixth kegs, which are the most common. Okay. They hold about 60 cups of beer, 16-ounce uh, uh, glasses of beer. Uh, and so I instantly went on Amazon and some websites and did the research, and it's like, well, here's all you need to convert your single tap to a double tap. And this keg coupler is for the other second keg, if I ever want it. So they bought me this, which is beautiful, because my wife's like, we don't need to have two taps, Cody. Like, one's enough. I got you this thing. In my mind, I'm like, it's not that much to make it fit two kegs. And she's yeah. like, we don't need two kegs. I'm like, options. So, my parents went ahead and jump-started the process. I now own the coupler. All I need now is the double tap tower and a new line. That's what I was going to ask. So
2: you will literally have two taps. I will have
0: two taps with two types of beer. Nice. I just need it, well... I have one of the four items I need to do that.
2: One of the four. And I can't
0: go back now. No. That's, have you ever done that when you were a kid? You're like, you went out and bought a game for a system you didn't have yet, and you told your parents for my birthday, want this, because I have a game and I don't have the system. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I need the system now, otherwise this game is worthless. I have to do it. That's awesome. So I have the tap. I just need the tower and the pipe. That's cool. And a CO2 diverter, so I can break one pipe of CO2 into two, but that's... I mean, this is all
2: easy stuff. You can get all that stuff. Yes, but the two kegs will fit in there. That surprises me. That's yep. pretty cool.
0: That's exciting. Right More on. beer.
2: That is awesome.
0: Ah, and you got me a couple things, but I guess we're gonna get there just a little bit later.
2: Oh, I think this one will be quick. But I thought I didn't know if you had ever seen one of these. So this I got on Kickstarter years ago.
0: Yeah, I'm very aware of what it is. I've never touched one.
2: Okay, so let me turn it on. For I'm, you. I'm
0: reaching for it because I want to touch one. Blind here. You are holding a red device with a plastic covering With a D-pad kind of And buttons
2: So that is an Ardu Boy Which I got on Kickstarter So that is the Kickstarter edition as you can see on the back
0: Yeah, it's actually metallic on the back Which
2: is nice Yep. And I've had that for years I got it on Kickstarter You can plug it in USB into a computer And you can change the game There are hundreds if not thousands of games for that Really? That many? Yeah, there's tons of games for it Little Little games that people make um, but, um, it's been sitting on my desk forever. Like, I don't really play it that much. I mean, it, every once in a while, I'll load a new game up on it or play it or whatever. Um, but it was my daughter's electronic, like, they have an electronic hour where... I
0: just got the high score.
2: Perfect. Well, there, it doesn't <laughs> save. It doesn't save the high score. Eric, don't destroy my hopes and dreams. But, um, so... My daughter was like, well, what am I going to take for my electronics hour? She could take like her little, she has like a little tablet or electronics whatever. Electronics hour, huh? She did that. Yeah, they have a little electronics hour at school. So she was like, I don't really want to take my phone. I don't know what I'm going to take. And I was like, well, you can take this. And we used to take that on family trips. Yeah. Because the kids could play it and it has hours and hours of battery life on it. It's just forever.
0: Yeah, I heard it's very, I mean, it's super, it's literally a credit card and about three credit cards deep.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 it, and it takes battery, it just recharges. You can just plug it into USB on your computer and it recharges. It's beautiful. It really, I mean,
0: the hardware itself is beautiful.
2: So she took it and uh, she loves that Flappy game, which is why it's on there. It's like a Flappy Bird game. But it's but,
0: easier than Flappy Bird.
2: Yeah, but, but like I said, you can put, there's tons of games you can download for it. But she was like the hit of the electronics hour. Like yeah. all the kids wanted to play it and got, get a high score on it. My my daughter got 60-something for that Flappy Bird game. Wow, really? So she, like, she was one of the... And that was because we used to take that on so many trips. But uh, she, a lot of her friends were trying to beat the game, and they... Basically, everyone was huddled around her to play that. I thought that I'm trying pretty, to
0: crush her right now, by the I, way.
2: Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool.
0: I got 16.
2: 16. That's, That's what 16. she had, right?
0: 16? 16.
2: Oh. So anyway.
0: How do you get to another game on this thing?
2: You plug it in USB in your computer and there's like this little interface where so you So it's up, one
0: game at a time.
2: Up and download sketches, it can only do one game at a time. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty limited that way.
0: It is cool, but that yeah, it would be <clears> nice. <throat> I like the fact there's a limit so that you focus on something. Yep. But it'd be nice if it would be like, all right, there's ten slots. Yeah,
2: and I remember something. there was like a little asteroid-style game that I really liked on there. There's like a there's quite a few little shmups on there. Yeah, but the screen's not color; it's monochrome, but it is like that kind of almost a ink bright LED. I mean, it's a no, very it, it, bright it, screen.
0: It's it's very unique looking. Yeah, it's got a um, nice
2: sound for something that is a credit card size that doesn't even really have a speaker. I mean, you know what I mean? There's got to be a speaker somewhere. I heard it. It's in there, but I mean, it's it's hard to. I couldn't see. find it. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought it was a neat story. My daughter took neat. it, and she, the kids just. I remember
0: like, that thing actually was a very successful Kickstarter. There's a lot of those things sold. Yeah,
2: and you can still get these. I mean, they're they're not hard to get. You can still buy one. Really? Yeah. I might I might pick one up. Yeah, they're they're fun little games. I might grab that.
0: Argie boy. All right. Um. Really quick. For one of the things you got me. Well, this isn't for my birthday. I bought this for myself, but you did an order. And I said, you know what? Go ahead and throw one of these in there for my MSX microcomputer, which is a Japanese 8-bit microcomputer that I know and love and own. Mm -hmm. And it's one of my top three favorite 8-bit computers right now. Yeah. Um, One of the downsides to the computer, if you want to call it that, is that even though it uses a standard 9-pin joystick port, if you plug in a standard 9-pin joystick or Mega Drive controller or Genesis controller, Atari controller, um any nine competition pin. pro week yep. any of these sticks that are just standard one button or two button plus a d-pad or joystick they should work on everything <clears throat> msx has a couple of the pins flipped that's right That's simple yep so i thought about it i have pin connectors <clears throat> i could probably sit there and like add wires between all those nine pins and i could like duct tape them in a box or do something but You found somebody who you were already ordering from that happens to make one of these things for six pounds, Yeah, which is like nine bucks, Yep, and it's super solid with a thick PCB. It's going to work great. Simple. Literally just takes the standard uh, DB9 controllers we're used to, flips the pins that need to be flipped, so I can plug it into my MSX computer and use whatever controller I want. Yep. So I picked that up.
2: Because I I have a box full of controllers out, I modified one of my controllers, but... To, to be compatible with MSX, and it works fine, but I would love to be able to plug in, like, a arcade stick that I have mm-hmm. that's a 9-pin arcade stick, or, or, you know, I like just different controllers, and that thing would make it possible. That would be awesome.
0: So what am I going to do, Eric, right put, now, on air? Put
2: it in your MSX box.
0: There's my MSX shoe box we just talked about. It, it is on. now inside of there, and it is part of my setup. That's awesome. Cool. That is all. Right on.
2: Right on, right on. Right on.
0: Um, I had my Color Computer 2 out, which is a Tandy TRS-80 Color Computer 2 from Radio Shack. Yeah. Um, another computer plays lots of fun games. And this always happens to me. It happened with the MSX, and it happened with this, too. Yeah. For whatever reason, I hear about certain games, and I get a collection of three or four. I'm like, oh, I have to go pull that system out and set it up and play these games. I do it. And for whatever reason, all the games I wanted to play are games I cannot play with my setup. Okay. For whatever reason. With the MSX, it happened because they're all disc games. Yeah. And unless you know some funky tricks, which I eventually learned, which it took me hours to learn, Mm -hmm. I couldn't play the disc games. And there's all kinds of issues. We talked about that on previous episodes. Yep. After like four to five hours of research and completely destroying my flash cart uh, software-wise and have to rebuild it software-wise, I learned how to do it same thing kind of to a lesser extent happened with the cocoa color computer um the brewing company they're called the, the brewing academy i'm sorry out of woodland california here happens to make all these great cocoa devices yeah uh is that no that's not the brewing academy i'm sorry they they make the atari of devices they make and, the
2: atari ones but i thought that they don't do the cocoa no no cocoa's somebody completely they different. do the ti-99 yeah. that's right because that's our, our where favorite I computer
0: line. yeah anyways there's another company i can't remember the guy's name actually it's a dude he makes the uh, Coco SDC, mm-hmm. which is Coco SD for an SD card, C for card, I guess. Mm-hmm. Great device. Mine's white. It's beautiful. It fits right into the Coco. I love the way it looks. And it plays most games perfectly, except for all the games I wanted to play at that time, of course, which were multi-load games.
2: Multi-disc games.
0: Multi-disc, right? Yep. So most Coco games came in cartridge, mm-hmm. one file, easy to load up, play, awesome. Multi-disc games, couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Was trying everything. I could load the first file, and then it would ask me for disk two. Couldn't do it. There's buttons on the cartridge that say sw- swap disk. Hit that. Nothing happened. Frustrated. Asked you. And of course, in my mind, every game is multi load and I can't load them. And then you, of course, said, I've used this thing for years and I've never had a multi load game.
2: Right. Yeah, I've <laughs> never tried one. Yeah.
0: So I'm like, you know what? Aaron from the Amigos does the Coco show. He probably knows how to do this. So I tweeted, 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 tweeted. I twatted
2: at him. (laughs) I twatted. Don't Um, say it. Oh, we just lost our G rating again. Where's my button? Oh, (laughs) Whoa, There we go.
0: PG-13. If you you try to to swat, it's swat. You swat a fly, right? Right. Yep. So if you past tense tweeted. (laughs) Don't say it. Don't say it. (laughs) Aaron from the Amigos, help me out. Yeah. And he, uh, he's like, oh, it took me a while to figure that out, too. Here's how you do it. Um, and you basically have to go to a sub-menu and hit Shift-M for multi-load, and then it creates a direct... Anyways, I figured it out. Good. If you want to know, I made a little cheat sheet. I sent it to you, Eric. Yes.
2: Um, and I need to use it, because I want to play that game.
0: Yeah, there's some, uh, a couple games I've played, and they were awesome. They're probably the best games I've played on the Coco. Mm-hmm. Figured out how to do it. Thank you so much, Aaron, from the Amigos. Um, figured out how to do that. So a few games I played, um, I played, of course, the Contra game, which is, I love Contra, we've talked about it already, and it's amazing. I can't believe that's a Coco Color co- Computer game. It's Color Computer 3 game, specifically, yeah. which I'm using my 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a 2 as well, past episode. Um, went and played a few other games, so I just want to mention a few games. Marble Maze is a Marble Madness clone. Ooh,
2: I like Marble Madness.
0: Great on the Color Computer. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. The original Marble Madness used a trackball. Yes. The arcade. That's right. So if you spun it really fast, you went fast. And if you spun it slow, you went slow. If you go to any other port, they have like hard D-pads or joysticks which are yeah, Color System 64
2: LED's the one I played a lot when I was a kid and it was just a joystick one speed.
0: Yep. So if you play this on a Color computer with with the actual Color computer controllers, mm-hmm. they're analog. So you actually, that, that floppy stick that sounds, feels like it should be awful, you can actually gently turn it one direction and it'll go slowly that way. Or you pull it all the way down, it'll go fast that direction, you know? Yeah. So it actually, the oh, controller that's pretty, again, fits the game.
2: That's one of the f- few games I've seen that takes advantage of, that people would say, oh, you need to use the crappy analog stick with it.
0: There's a number of games where you need the analog stick, there's a number of games where it's terrible. Yeah. So you just kind of have to know which ones. Um I heard another good game was supposed to be Cuthbert Goes Walkabout. So I gave that game a shot. There's like five Cuthbert games, which are all basically clones of other games, but yeah. with this character that goes through all of them. It was all right. I was going to say, um, who the hell is Cuthbert? I don't know. Is this a Coco specific mascot character thing? I don't know. All right. Um, Time Bandit was a really cool game. I would suggest highly you try Time Bandit.
2: I've heard they reviewed that on uh, on the uh, Coco Show on the Amigos Coco Show.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I tried it. I'm trying to
2: go along with them to a point. Yeah, I, I try. I, I went along with them for a while too.
0: Yeah, so I played that and it was a lot of fun. Um, that's definitely when you want to get a clicky hard stick. You don't want the standard stick. You don't want the analog stick. one. Yeah. Um, very cool game where it's kind of like uh, it's a um top down collect them up avoid the enemies you can kind of shoot but only left or right you get hit a lot in that game but um i don't know you kind of have to play it it clicks pretty quick it's it's a good game but i did find my favorite game on the system
2: oh which one's crystal and no, one's,
0: no well that that game is very cool okay. i did play that okay that was one of the multi-load games yeah you needed to load the main game, and then it asked you for the level pack, which you have to load separately, so you'd need that. And that was uh, the City of Crystal, I think? Cryst-
2: Something like that, Or the that, Crystal yeah. City. The Crystal City. They were raving about that on uh, the Amigos.
0: Yeah, the graphics were really cool. Gameplay was frantic and fast. Um, honestly, a little unfair. Mm, okay. Um, definitely worth playing. One of the best games I've played. Very fun. But I would suggest you try this. I've never even heard of it anywhere. It's called Ricochet. Not Ricochet. Imagine Ricochet, but with an E instead of an I. Ricochet.
2: Ricochet,
0: oh. It's says shooter where you have a line vertically down the middle of the screen. You can, your little craft, think Space Invaders, can be on the left or the right side of that line. Okay. And so you're going to shoot to the left or the right. And there's things coming at both sides, but they can also cross over and bounce back and forth. Um, very difficult, very challenging, but a lot of fun. Hmm. That's all I'm going to say. All right. That's, that is the game I've played the most of now.
2: I'll try that out. I want to give that one a shot. Yeah,
0: I've been playing on the Coco. You've been playing some more in television, as have we both. But
2: yeah, but I mean, we can talk about this together. Really, I just wanted to send a couple of games that I got recently, and I included them here. But these aren't in the best. Oh, well, this one's not in such bad shape. I got Tron Deadly Discs.
0: I've heard that's a classic. In fact, I I played that one uh, after I heard you got it. Do you have Astro Smash yet? I don't. I've heard th- many people rave about that one. I do not own Astro Smash. That's
2: probably the one I've played the most in the okay. last like couple weeks. Great game. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Um it has a very interesting interesting element. These things drop down on you. Drop down on you. So it's you kind you shoot of like
0: them. Them. A, a Galaga style game.
2: Yeah, Galaga yeah, no. kind of. They're not aliens though. They're basically asteroids that start coming down on you and you shoot the asteroids and they break into pieces and you you shoot the pieces. If any of those pieces or any of the asteroids hit the ground, you lose points. Hmm. So you gain points by blowing stuff up. Mm-hmm. You lose points if they hit the ground. So it creates an interesting scoring kind of okay. element to the game. Um it's a blast. It's a really lot of fun. And then demon attack.
0: Is it an astro blast? Oh no, it's called astro. Is it an astro
2: smash? Astro smash is an astro no! blast. Boom! Yes demon attack which i know you have it's the I, I, I magic version you don't have demon attack i
0: own it actually i think i own it on the 2600 but i do not own the intellivision which is yeah from what i hear vastly and uh, um not inferior vastly superior
2: yeah it's great it my box there isn't in the best shape but um it's
0: in the magic game so it has a really cool yep like steel stainless steel looking box
2: Yeah. Um, it's, it's good. I, I love Demon Attack from the VIC-20 days. It was actually one of those games in the VIC-20 where you're like, how did they pull this off with this limited machine? The VIC-20 version of Demon Attack is awesome, but... I'll have to
0: give that a shot. I haven't tried that one either. The
2: television version is really great, and Space Armada, which is pretty much, uh, Space Invaders.
0: Oh, it is. Okay. But it's... I actually it, don't own that one either.
2: Um... But it's a good one. This one's a solid, it's a solid title. All these, these four that I gave, these are the last four I... I bought and they're all pretty decent Eric Yes
0: I just realized something I'll get to in just a second Yes So we've both been buying complete in box with overlay in television games Yes And when you buy these things you get really good value if you buy a bunch in a a bundle Yeah that's what I've been finding I got a bundle of five and then I just recently got a bundle of like 10, so I'm up to like 20 games or more. Yeah, I, mean, I I'm looking tell. at
2: them right now, there's just a row of awesome, and they all look in really good shape.
0: Yeah, I specifically tried to make sure my games were not going to be smushed, because I like the boxes. Yep. There's a couple that are. Um, so I got a number of games, I'm not going to go through them all, but Mission X is one that's not quite as common. I've yeah. got Space Spartans, which is another um, Intellivoice game, where you plug in the module and you have sound. Yeah. Um, I also picked up Tron Deadly Discs. As I heard, it's one of the great ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a number of other games. One I wanted, wanted to try was Utopia, which I did play. It's a unique game where um, it kind of suffers from that, that uh, I don't want to call it lazy program, lack of space. So you can play it one player, yeah, two players, or two players um, cooperative. Okay. What that means is no matter what, when you turn on the game... It's going to show the same thing. You just make it what you want. There's okay. two islands. Yeah. Player one can control one island and ignore player two completely, and that way, and that way, it's a one-player game. You're just worried about your score. Yeah. And controller two just sits there. Or you can play two-player competitive, whoever has the best score, or two-player cooperative. You add your scores together. You don't. So you just do. Anything. It's almost
2: like do what you want. Yeah, it's do what you want. That's cool.
0: But it is cool because what it is essentially is like a very early SimCity. Yeah. Your islands are a little um, nation, and you can build schools and hospitals and factories and, um, I forget what they call it, towers to defend against bandits. Okay. Or if you're playing uh, competitively, you can actually buy bandits and pay them to go to the other island and attack their stuff. Uh, It's kind of, it's not going to have a ton of replayability, but I actually enjoyed it. You get to pick how many rounds you want to play, like as low as 10 up to like 50 and then how long the rounds are 30 seconds to 120. Oh wow. I, I would suggest very short rounds because there's not a lot of money. You essentially make one decision around or less. Um, and in case you get bored in the meantime, you can also grab a fishing boat. And if your fishing boats out there, you can, there's fish in the ocean. You go take your fishing boat to the fish, little pods of fish and try to just stay on top of them. And for every second you stay on top of the pot, the pod of fish or the school of fish, you get an extra dollar wow so you can sit there and actively try to make more money for your island (laughs) but there's pirates out there trying to attack your vessel yeah um it's it's cool it's very cool um falls into the strategy games that i think are way too complicated not enough buttons for any other system at the time you got to do it on the television right Uh, i also got night stalker even though you gave me a copy of night stalker because i didn't have it i've got two now um we're gonna, we're gonna. I think we're all you, myself, and I think Tim wants to get on this. We're all gonna be collecting these and and trading games to try to make sure we all get collections.
2: We should let Tim know we have some extras then.
0: I've got an extra night soccer for him.
2: I've probably I, I have extra sports ones, but they're so they're not that great. So I don't know if you want to.
0: I haven't actually played a lot. I heard some of them are great. Actually, the baseball okay. ones are supposed to be really good. Okay. Skiing's supposed to be really good,
2: but they're two player games. I mean the some of them, yeah. The baseball one was that I have. Got, gotcha. Yeah.
0: Uh, I just noticed I have two copies of Star Strike. So before we go send you home, I'll give you a copy Ooh, of Star Strike, I will, I love which it. I heard is a great game. A lot of people love that.
2: Okay, I, I would love to try a new game. Yeah, I have not tried it yet. Okay, Tron
0: Deadly Discs. Yeah, uh, I think you and I came to the same realization, which is it ramps up slowly, so you could play a long time before it becomes hard.
2: It, it, that is exactly <laughs> what I found. I was playing, going like, "Okay, this is pretty, it's fun, but it's pretty easy." Did you try to
0: block any of the discs?
2: I did. Yeah. Uh, I can't block
0: a disc. I haven't figured that out yet. You have I've just been avoiding them and attacking people.
2: And you can do that in the early levels, but they're they're. I, I, it's been a couple weeks since I played, but you can block them. It's not that hard, but okay. when you're blocking, you can't move. So yes. you got to be careful.
0: And you can only block left and right, not up and down. That's right. That's where I kept getting shot. That's right. Yep. and and I didn't try it until the later levels, but yep. Anywho. I am loving the Intellivision. It's fun to collect. It is. One thing I didn't mention last week, Mm -hmm. or I keep saying week, last month when we first got the Intellivision, I did the mod on it. Yes. Um, I mentioned that. What I didn't mention was a horror story I had when doing the mod. I, you,
2: thought I, I thought you, I was I thought I was the only one with the horror story.
0: You struggled getting the RF shield off because of all the solder covering it, and you have to undo like ten things of solder, and they're all difficult. And
2: then I split a cable too. And then
0: yeah, which and you, I had to fix that. Yeah, that was scary. I, okay. I lucked out on that. Okay. What I did here's my television. I have it set up right here. Yeah. This is the on-off switch. Hmm. Um. It, it slides back and forth.
2: It's simple slider. Yeah. Correct.
0: When you need to get this off. You undo all the screws in the back and separate it, which should pop off the on-off switch and the reset switch, right? which literally just slide over the switch underneath. Correct. Unless the owner before you glued those into place. Glued the switch into place? Glued the switch into place. Uh. So, for example, this reset button, if I'm not mistaken, can come right off still? Yeah. So, yeah, it can. I'm not going to do it right now. That they didn't do. They didn't have a problem with that. But as I was pulling this thing off, I'm in my head, I'm like, this is way too much pressure. Yeah,
2: you're like, going to break something. It's going to break. Yep.
0: And I tried, like, for 10 minutes, couldn't figure it out. I'm like, the only thing in my head I can think is that they glued the switch on. So I'm like, you know what? Whatever. I'm going to get this done. I'm pulling, I'm pulling, I'm pulling. And sure enough, bam, loud pop. I wait for, like, three seconds. It felt like three seconds. And then I hear the the plastic switch bounce along the, the garage floor. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck was that? I go and get it, and sure enough, it's got half the switch in it. Oh. Uh, it absolutely just was glued in place and snapped off. But in my mind, I'm like, the only way I'm gonna do this mod is by snapping that switch because it's glued in place. Right. And that's what it was.
2: Sometimes you have to do that.
0: So I wanna give a big shout out to Gorilla Superglue. Gel Form. <laughs> yeah. Which is a beautiful, beautiful if you don't own Gorilla Superglue in gel form specifically. Go do that. Do yourself a favor and go get some of that. I've used super glue for a lot of things, and it's always really runny and hard to make work. It is. It's like a dollar for a tube, and the Gorilla Gel is like five bucks a tube. However, the gel doesn't dry out, so you're not going to buy five tubes. You're going to use one tube. And when you squish a little dollop of something, it stays there. (laughs) You put something on it, it stays there, and it works really well. So when I put my whole system back together, I'm like, well, let's just give this a shot. I went out and got the, the gel. And literally put my system back together and put the on-off switch, put a little dab of it on there and just lined it up perfectly and pushed it down into place. Hold it for 30 seconds and let go and let it dry overnight. Perfect. Works perfect. It works perfect. It's not weak. It's not loose. I keep forgetting I even had to do that. I didn't so, know
2: you had that problem. I wonder, I why, got I wonder why the original owner glued it.
0: Uh, my guess is that it probably just popped off all the time and they're just sick of it. And why would they ever need to switch, Nick like, change the switch or t- even open it? Yeah. It's just because I had to do the mod so I can get better output. Wow. So,
2: anyways. Well, I didn't run Gorilla into, gel. I didn't run into some. that problem, but I had multiple other problems, which you can go back <laughs> and listen to our episode.
0: Your problems were very doable. They just took time and elbow grease, which yeah. sucks. True. I wanted to follow up mm-hmm. on some of the things um, Tim gave us last yeah. month.
2: Yeah, which was very generous, and I just, I, I didn't have a ton of time to look through them, but I'm, I really want to. I love this kind of stuff.
0: So, uh, we got some magazines here. Yep. I read, within, like, the first two days, I read all the way through my issue of Your Sinclair. Yeah. Which is a British ZX Spectrum magazine.
2: I hear those guys on uh, the ZX Spectrum show with the, with the Amigos. R. They're, Sinclair. R. Sinclair, yeah.
0: Which is a direct takeoff of Your Sinclair. <laughs>
2: See? That's true. They're smart. Yeah. They're
0: smart guys. But
2: they they'll quote reviews from your Sinclair as well.
0: Yep. Anyways, I dug through this thing. It is very of the era. Uh, it's very cool because, like we were talking about, in America we didn't have we did not computer magazines that specifically did games. Nope. This is all Spectrum games. I love some of the weird accessories they tried to sell back then. Yeah. From like third party, fourth party mm-hmm. customers. Um, this is my favorite did you see this ad and so usually when you go on on twitter people put funny things on there you're like oh that's been passed around forever right that's right. It's not that funny anymore because i know it's been passed on forever yeah i literally opened this here open open the very first page of this magazine okay and look at the advertisement on the inside tell me what's wrong with this picture
2: rainbird the ocp art studio is that the one you're talking about yep that's absolutely it holding the mouse (laughs) wrong
0: what are they doing yeah. They're trying to show off their software and how well it works And they're literally holding the mouse backwards Where the finger is on the bottom of the mouse
2: And the buttons are under their palm You think someone would have caught that <laughs> You think someone would have caught that in editing <laughs> oh, It made me laugh That's, You know, that's just brilliant Oh, I
0: don't know what else to say
2: I love these <laughs> I love these magazines
0: and I just love how this thing is just packed with games and reviews and even dumb things about games. I mean look at look at the font on this. Like they didn't know how to take up the space, so they just stretched this vertically to the point where you could almost not read. It says Battle of the Planets and literally those four words were just stretched vertically to take up half the page. Uh, to fit a column. Um, but I love their look at their little review scale. I love it. Yeah. They have eight points total for this game. Graphics got Seven boxes filled out of ten. Playability, value for money, addictiveness. I read this thing almost word for word, word all the way through. Um, it makes me want to go back and play some of these games. That I mean, there's games in here that got really good scores that I've never heard of. Yeah, you know, you always assume that all the games that are really popular are the good ones, and the rest are garbage. Yeah, but I mean, there's games in here. A lot of them got sixes and fives. But here's Rambo. It got eight. I've never played Rambo. Here's Death Wake. It got eight which looks like a cool like world war game that's cool um and of course there's winter games which i have heard of got, yeah. an, eight. got an eight as well so <clears throat> i don't know super cool lots of games from the budget labels that tim did a whole episode on yeah of tea time with tim like arena by Mastertronic. that one only got a seven anyways i love this thing read it front to back so even though you haven't gone all the way through your Crash episode, I'm going to swap you because I want to read Crash now.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I just got busy this month, as we know we had uh, to hear no, about We have all the time
0: in the world, and we just chose to use it on different things, yeah. Eric.
2: But yeah, I, I love this stuff. I, I read scans of uh, the American magazines all the time, and every once in a while there'll be something that pops up there that I actually remember. But the the American magazines were way different than the British ones British ones some a lot of these focused on games, which was really cool, which is what yeah, if, the
0: game specific
1: yeah what
2: I would have been interested in as a kid, but instead, I had to get computes Gazette and run, which were all about like productivity stuff and some games
0: and you just flip through waiting for a game. yeah I was
2: just like, okay,
0: I don't care about what your word processor is. I've yeah. already yeah got so. one and I don't care it puts words on the screen, I get it,
2: yeah, so. <laughs> I, I do. I will give it to the to the British people that their magazines were way better than ours.
0: They're, they still are.
2: Are they? I, yeah, I don't really follow too many UK well, mag. Well, I mean, Retro Gamer. There you go. Yeah, that's probably the almost, best best um, one.
0: Almost any magazine that I'm interested in now is from the UK.
2: Yeah, American
0: market. They don't have a lot of magazines anymore.
2: That's true. They don't.
0: And the ones they do uh, are basically. Um, how do I put this? They're basically disguised porn. <laughs> like Maxim Magazine or yeah. FHM or things like that. Everything else that's like a hobby yeah. is from England.
2: Right. Yeah. I just wanted to cover a couple of the new Switch games that I got recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best one being Children of Morta. Did you play that one? I have no idea what that is. I've never even heard of it. You've never played it. Oh, man. It, I have to admit out of the switch games in the last couple of months it is the game that i have played the most children of morta yep but it is um look at the rating got a Not, really good steam rating super good steam rating and it i i did read that it came out on steam and like that's the way a lot of people play it beautiful game um it is kind of like um imagine uh, moonlighter you know where you going into yeah, the well, dungeon yeah i love moonlighter yeah imagine moonlighter but you are a family in oh, a house. Oh, it looks house. a lot
0: like Moonlighter.
2: Yep, you're a family in a house, and it, every part of the house is like different, like making weapons, making potions, whatever. But then you go out as par- a part of the family, and you go into these dungeons and fight, and then you can use this relic to bring you back to the house, and every time you go, you try to just get better and better to get through that dungeon. So that is a
0: very moonlighter. Yeah, without uh, the shop element.
2: Right, exactly. Without it's basically kind of like Moonlighter, but without the shop element. But it 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 has a, a very interesting. Sp- you know how me, I don't like the cutscenes and story mm-hmm. m- much, but the story here actually is very very interesting as you go through the family life i
0: do notice that you hug your children and make out with your wife a lot which is great (laughs) just that's unusual so i i'm i'm in the uh, advertisement here i'm noticing that yeah
2: i support both those things yeah absolutely um so it's a it's a fun game it i i this is the like the switch game i'll probably be playing for the next two months like like the most it's a oh, it's man,
0: a, I I think you got me buying something. This, this looks, is a great. Uh, this looks great. I, you
2: won't regret it. It's a great game. I All love right. it. I'm
0: going to pull an Eric and draw two handlebars by that
2: one. Yeah, do that. Fantastic game. The other one, um, I've I got two other games here. Um, Sister Royale. I've been enjoying with the flip grip. Have you seen this game? I'm, I'm going to be honest.
0: I saw this listed here in our show notes. Yeah, and I was like. Are we talking about the Switch? What is this? I I've, I've never heard of any of these.
2: Yeah, Sister Royale is a is a shmup and it's a bullet hell type of shmup, but it's flip grip and you play as a there's there's a story mode in this game where you play as sisters and they all don't get along together.
0: This, okay, I think I did see a little of this on mm-hmm. Twitter when you were talking about it. Yeah. This is one of those games where it pops up like super pink and light blue anime. Yeah. Or you don't know if you're about to play a good shmup or a bad dating simulator.
2: And it's not. It's a good shmup. Okay. It's a bullet hell where you there's a lot of coins. Um one of the very cool kind of things about this game is you saw her with the fire. Mm -hmm. There are, um, it's a twin stick kind of like, um, you have regular firing like she's doing right now, like regular firing upwards on the screen, but you can also deploy whenever you want, but you move a little slower. Is this like, like one of my, my favorite characters, Selma, she does a a circling blade, Mm -hmm. which you use the other stick to, to rotate the blade to kill people. Um, and then you also have bombs in this game. You can see the bombs. at the. That's at a the lot palm. like
0: a Castle of Shikigami.
2: Exactly. It's a lot like that game. And the coins are the kind of the same in that game, too. So it's just a basic bullet hell. But you go, you play through this as each sister, like mm-hmm. Sone or Selma or whomever, and to get to the boss at the end. And it's one of those games that's not impossible to get through. Like, you could, if it gives you um continues Mm -hmm. so if you really want to get to the end of the game you just keep continuing get to the end of the game
0: uh I don't like it when they have no limit though there is a limit okay
2: there is a limit so um i think it's three continues i'm I'm not sure perfect yep but the game is awesome it's a beautiful game and it plays in in tate mode with the flip grip and you can rotate it either way so it's compatible with the flip grip
0: yeah i'll be i'll be buying this one too
2: it, this is a good game you'll love this game it's i i think it's amazing bosses come up each bosses have to yeah, play it's funny because it's all
0: like psychologically based i'm looking at, uh, right now we're, they're fighting the boss at the first level which yep. is you're, they're fighting as sony yeah and she's currently fighting against sony's conscience right now which is yep. like a larger version of herself firing back at her
2: every sister has a conscience <clears that throat> they have to fight interesting yeah um but this is a great game. You can see the boss like uh, energy bar at the top there.
0: If you guys are very into shmups, I mean, this is Castle Shikigami. Yeah. It's like. It's
2: a modern take on it. Yeah. It's
0: directly, gameplay wise, it's the same game, but it's definitely a different visual aesthetic. Yep. But I mean, the bullet pattern, a lot of it is various Castle Shigigami, which is a great game. Their
2: extra weapon is really neat, though. You'll find that you'll like it in some characters and maybe like it a little less in other characters. Like, my favorite one, Selma, has three swinging swords, like blade swords, but they cause a lot of damage. One other thing is when you're closer to enemies, when you defeat them, more coins drop out of them. So if you're further away, fewer coins drop out, and the coins actually add up. I mean, you can see that they... Yeah. they uh, it's it's a great shmup. That's great. Switch. So Sisters Royale on the Switch. Great, great shmup. So my last one here is... Torchlight 2. Torchlight 2. Did you ever play Torchlight?
0: No, but I know it's kind of in that vein of like Baldur's Gate.
2: Yeah, Baldur's Gate. Uh, more, more like Diablo. Okay. So... Um, i played torchlight one on steam on pcs like years ago probably four or five years ago um but this one torchlight 2 was on sale on the switch for a little while if you like the basic kind of diablo game where you're that that perspective where you walk around it's kind of rpg you're collecting weapons loot collecting right it's all Lo- about loot it's all about loot it's all about collecting different weapons um customizing your characters like that um uh, it was on sale on switch and i was like you know what i loved i played torchlight one i think i beat it back in the oh, day yeah. i mean it was a long time ago um it's it's a fun little diablo style game so if you if you enjoy that it's great on it's it's yeah. great on switch I, can... I mean i've been enjoying it on switch quite all three a bit. of
0: these games look like must buys for me now yeah i wish 2. you didn't bring them up
2: of course I do and it has a great like tech tree kind of thing that's typical RPG but this is much more action. I mean you're going to have to manage your power-ups and like uh like like ultimate weapons a little, you know. I mean there there is some strategy to this game to not die, you know, right right away. Yeah. Um, I noticed this
0: version we're watching here is a Steam version so there's an arrow. But I'm assuming you just use the analog stick to move around and attack and stuff. The
2: Switch version is perfect. I mean, it works great. Cool. So anyway, Torchlight 2, Sisters of Morda, I'm sisters, Children of Morda, and Sisters of, Sisters Royale. Yeah, they all look,
0: well, the first two look really good. This one looks good.
2: Like frankly, next, uh, our um, April edition is probably, I'm not going to be buying new Switch games. I'll be playing these three games and fi- yeah. trying to finish them. So they're, all three are super good. Nice. Children of Morta out of all those, Children of Morta is my favorite. You really need to get that one. I okay. think you're because you loved Moonlighter, you will love Children of Morta.
0: It's yeah, a great and game. my favorite parts of Moonlighter were the dungeons more than the shopping.
2: So. And, and that you'll the, the, Children of Morta is almost all that. Perfect. Cool. Eric You gave me
0: I shouldn't say that. Eric You sold me for a very reasonable price. Okay. An Amiga A twelve hundred. And I, I am so excited to dig into that, but it is not all set up yet.
2: Yeah. I so I got to... to the
0: point where I'm like, I need to start buying stuff for my Amigas, because I've got my 2000 over there, which is yeah. pretty bare bones. Yeah. It needs to be modernized. Yep. But my go-to workhorse in my mind now is going to be the 1200.
2: Will be the 1200. Will be the
0: 1200. Yeah. Um. So step one, I need to pop a GoTek in that bad boy. Yep. And if I'm going to buy a GoTek, especially for the 1200, I want to be the most user-friendly Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna see if I can find this thing.
2: That's the one I probably put in my 500. My 500 is a pretty nice one. It's got the LCD, like the, that tells you which disc you're mounting. Mm -hmm. It's got the buttons in there. I mean, there's probably better ones, but the one I put in my 500 is the best one out of all my fleet, my Amiga fleet.
0: So the only one I have in my fleet, if you will, yeah, is, uh, the one I have in my 500, which is the one I kind of had to hack to fit in the side there. Mm -hmm. Um... Uh, come on, let's see if I can fix this here. And it does have the buttons on the side. It's uh, it was just a straight go tick. I kind of had to use super, not super glue, uh, hot glue, and cut things to make it fit in there. It wasn't yeah wasn't ideal, especially in hindsight. Um, so the one I got here, let me see if I can go to if I go to my eBay, I can go to my purchase history, and you'll see with the one I literally bought just today. Mm-hmm. And it comes 3D printed. Oh man, yeah,
2: that's pretty cool
0: So basically, here's the GoTech. That's, comes... the,
2: that's the one I have in my 500 So
0: that's got the 3D printed case So that the screen is nice and sticks at the side However, it also comes with a dongle And a 3D printed top piece mm-hmm. um, Which mounts Like that, on top of my Amiga Wow It kind of clamps onto the little heat fins Or whatever you want to call it Yeah. So without having to go to the side or touch anything Right on top, right on the front there's a little... Um, it rotary. almost looks like a separate wedge computer. <laughs> I
2: love it. I love... With rot- a rotary
0: dial, so you can spin to which disc you want. So I love rotary dials.
2: In fact, like my stereo in my car, I wish it had rotary dials, because yeah. I love them so much. Uh, that That's awesome.
0: So I'm excited about that. You can see you kind of just feed the uh, three wires through the little heat fins in the top. Yep. Clamp it down on there. And um, you can tell it's 3D printed. It's a little different color than the rest of the Amiga, but it's permanent. It's on there. I shouldn't say it's permanent. It's semi-permanent. It's permanent until you want to take it off.
2: So you're gonna put that on your 1200.
0: I'm gonna put that on my 1200. My 12. I mean, I want my 1200 to be able to do everything. Yeah. And easily.
2: And see, my 1200 right now has the GoTech on the side, but it's still the lame kind of LED that just shows you the number zero one zero two zero three, yep. which is fine because it has a hard drive in it. So I don't use the GoTech very much Correct. on my 1200. Correct. And the twelve hundred, which is awesome too, also has the PCMCA on the side, so you can transfer files using that. Yep. So you'll find you're not going to use your Gotek as much, but it's still so handy to have. Yeah, so. I want to have
0: it there. My six hundred that uh, Tim sent me, yeah, uh, sold me, sent me, mm-hmm. does have the OLED screen, so it does have the file name. Yep. As well as the you know zero three out of zero six, you know, it shows you how many files are on there and which one you're on. So it does have that upgraded screen, but yeah, I still have to like. Move my Mega to the side and look at the at the butt end of it to see that and press some buttons. Yep. Where now this is going to be right on the front. I just spin it. See, I think I that's would like to the get, world right I, there.
2: I think I would love to get this on my 500 because the 500 is always going to be floppy based for me. Yeah. Yep. Mine um, is. So you're going to use it more often, but uh, I, the, that it's awesome. I mean, I think that's really slick. I love the rotary dial. Yeah,
0: I just bought it today, so I'll be here good. in a while, because it has to come from the UK.
2: Yeah. But. Right on. That's going to be a great upgrade. I'm excited about that. I'm, e- I'm eager to get your 1200 up and running, because if you have it as dialed in as I do, I hope you get the accelerator for the 1200, like like a good one.
0: I mean, like that's, a- that's, this one's going to be my baby.
2: I have an 030 in mine, and it, it will play literally anything. WHD load, it'll do anything.
0: Yeah. You're going to hate this, and some of you might hate this, but... Honestly, I might sell my 500 mm-hmm. and use that money to trick out my 1200. Yep. Save space, have one computer that can do pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, and then I'll still have my 2000, which I can put all kinds of original cards in if I want to. Yeah. And I'll still have my 600 if I need something small. The 500 doesn't have much of a point for me now.
2: Yeah, I can understand that. Especially
0: with the 600 being pretty much the same computer, just smaller. Um, pretty much. <laughs>
2: yeah. All right. What do you got in your hand here? I
0: got something that you were going to talk about.
2: I was going to talk about it, but I think you should talk about it first.
0: Well, Eric gave me a little birthday present. Here. I
2: did. I brought it over. I even hand delivered it.
0: We talked recently about how I love not only golf games, yes, but fishing games. Mm. And I've been playing a ton of the Sega Dreamcast fishing games, namely uh, Sega Bass Fishing. I think Sega Bass Fishing Two, Sega Marine Fishing. Yep, they're really fun arcade fishing games, and I love them. I'm like, how cool would it be if we actually got the official fishing rod peripheral that goes with it, so you can feel like you're actually reeling in and stuff? And uh, I go on Twitter and find out Eric got himself one. I did, yeah. And was playing some of it. Uh, and I'll ask you your opinion on it shortly. Mm-hmm. But then, for my birthday, he showed up over here and dropped me off the controller. Yes. So, I have one from Eric. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Like a gift. Uh This thing is smooth. It it is the real...
2: It's smooth and it's solid, yeah. The real
0: Sega Dreamcast one. There's a Mad Cat's one that's cheaper. There is. I haven't touched it. I doubt it's this nice. This is really nice.
2: No, that one is nice and uh, it has a little thumbstick controller on it. It's got several buttons. Um, I had no complaints about it. I thought it was awesome.
0: And you have one coming for yourself or did it arrive?
2: I had one coming for myself and Uh it, it canceled. So, like, the, the owner who was sending it to me, like, said, hey, I can't find it now. And, like, I, he refunded my money. Oh, gosh. I'll, I'll get one. Okay. I, I'm gonna, I, no, I, I like those games so much, I'm going to get one.
0: So, you, enjoy, you went and played them and enjoyed them, though?
2: Yeah, I played all of them. I played all the games with that. and In fact, with that exact controller. And I just figured that I know you really wanted one and you dig fishing. So, I was like, this would be a great birthday present <laughs> for you. So
0: cool.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm stoked about this. So I have not played with the controller yet. Oh, you haven't yet? Okay. No.
2: Well, I hope you do. because I it,
0: absolutely will. I've it been... does
2: change the experience with Sega Bass Fishing, because I played uh, 1 and 2. Does it rumble? It does not rumble. Okay. Um, you do, like a Sega Bass Fishing 1, you can plug that into control p- port controller 1 mm-hmm. and be okay. I found in Sega Bass Fishing 2, I had to plug it into port 2 and use a regular controller on 1. Oh, really? Because there's a VMU that it wants to use. Because huh. you can't plug a VMU into that. Correct. Okay. Um, so you, you, you'll you get a hang of it. I mean, it, it's just for every game, you got to plug it in a different port or whatever. You'll figure it out. But otherwise, for fishing, I mean, it literally has motion controls like the Wii where you can cast the line. You can reel it in. You, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a blast. I think you'll dig it. What do you got here, Eric? Oh, so <laughs> we both have a shared story with this.
0: Yes, we do. But I'll let you start. Because so, you started this one. Y-
2: I actually saw yours first. Like, I knew this existed, but I didn't yeah. realize it's that. It's pretty common. It's a very common item, but I got a Super Game Boy, which plugs into the Super Nintendo for people that don't know, and you can plug in standard Game Boy cartridges in here. Just and standard. Game Boy Color, I thought. And, oh, I never tried a Game Boy Color one in here. Hmm. I don't think so. No? I okay. think it's just Game Boy.
0: Okay.
2: Um, I might be wrong on that, but I... Th- I might be wrong, too. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to look that up. Errata for next month. Yep. So, I basically got this cartridge, and I was—I got it at our local store, Legacy Games. Yeah. Which, th- they're our friend, friends of the show. Well. Yeah. Friends of the show. Love those guys. So, I, I grabbed this. It was pretty reasonably priced. I, think it was, I paid 18 bucks for it. Um, I brought it home. I plug it in. Doesn't work. And I tried it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Tried different cartridges. Doesn't work. I had two Game Boy crutches. Doesn't work. I I didn't get it to work once. So I'm like, oh, man. I know Legacy wouldn't do that to me. So like I was yeah, like, yeah, they, uh,
0: they make sure stuff works well before they sell it. They
2: do, and it was shrink wrapped and everything. So like I brought it over to your house, mm-hmm. and um, you did. I'm like, hey, can you help me? Can you just try this out? Because one thing is, I don't have a chunky S- Super Nintendo. I only have this the Super Nintendo Junior, mm-hmm. and there's some incompatibilities on that one. But nothing with this that I read online. So, anyway, I brought this over, and I'll let you take the story over from that.
0: <laughs> so, I try it. It didn't work. It so did not So, I plugged in mine, and mine worked. So, I swapped games, and same thing. Eric's didn't work, and mine worked. Yeah. So, then I'm like, you know what? It's probably just... Let's see if there's anything obvious. So, I decided to just go for it and open up his cartridge, pull up the PCB. Look, I don't see anything. I kind of used some... I used the... Um, Actually, use Expo Dry Erase Marker Spray. Yeah, to kind of clean contacts, which usually does really well for me. Um, and tried it; still didn't work. Uh, did a couple other things. Decided to shove it in the system without putting the whole cartridge back together because that takes time. Yep. Turned it on, and the light didn't even turn on my Super Nintendo. Right. And in my head, instantly, I went, "Oh no! I put it in backwards, and something terrible happened." <laughs> but then in my mind, I'm like, "No, that's not possible." So I. Try all kinds of things. Now my Super Nintendo will not light up. It will not turn on. Yeah. Uh, Eric feels bad. He thinks he killed my... By, by asking me to help him, that he destroyed my Super Nintendo. Yeah. Sure enough, I go online. If you put in a Nintendo... Even if it's not a Super Game Boy. Yeah. If you put in a Nintendo cartridge, PCB... You have to take it out of the cartridge to physically do it. Backwards...
2: Right, because I was going to say, you can't put a cartridge in backwards because the, no. the the casing doesn't let you. But if you remove that casing, you can do whatever you want. If you get overzealous <laughs> and put it in backwards,
0: <laughs> it will blow your fuse. Yeah. Now, the fuse is not a little fuse holder that you swap the fuse. It is a soldered inline fuse with terminals. Yeah. So I did not have one of those. And to order one, it was a cheap fuse, but like $8 shipping and time. So I said, screw it. I happened to work at a place that sells electrical stuff. I made sure that it was a 1.5 amp fast-acting fuse, which is what was replaced. Yeah, It was just one of those cartridge style. And I literally just soldered extra solder on the edge of the, of the cartridges and just melted it on there on both sides. It's ugly, and it works.
2: And it works great. So your so SNES is it. back up and running. More
0: importantly, does your cartridge work?
2: It, so, what I did is, after we did that, we put it back together, I took it home. I... I figured that it was probably the cartridge slot for the game boy game mm-hmm. so i sprayed some alcohol down there and i, I use a cotton swab to, to clean it out i did the best i could it does work now but it only it is finicky it's finicky too. It, it's That's not good it actually is finicky but i think it's probably just bad contacts in the game boy port on this
0: okay it might be um, worth opening it up and doing it.
2: Another thing we left out is I took this back to Legacy Games. I took it back. I was like, dude, we can't get this to work. It doesn't work. Yeah. He walked me to a back his back room. He plugs it in, pops a Kirby game in, and it works. Yeah. It works just like that. Of course it does. And I was like, dude, so come like on, an man. <laughs> and he, he tried it. But one thing we did is I said, hey, can you try a different game? Tried a different game. It didn't work right okay. off the bat. So he was like, oh, yeah, it looks like there could be something going on.
0: He had a perfectly clean Kirby game he used to prove things.
2: Probably. He plugged some other ones <laughs> in. Basically got to work. And I was like, okay, man, listen, if it, if it electric- electrically works, like I can I can deal with this. So I took it home. I cleaned it. And it works better now. Better. It's still finicky. Probably
0: though. just needs more cleaning.
2: Yeah. Yep.
0: Gotcha. How's oh, your BBC doing? Good. Before I do that, though, oh. I
2: did want to, because I don't think I wrote this down.
0: You did, that's cool.
2: Where, where is it?
0: New pickups.
2: Oh, and new pickups. Well, let's just talk about it now. Sure. Because it actually is related. So for my Super Game Boy, I only had two Game Boy games. So I wanted to actually use it with something. So I actually got the original EverDrive. Yep. And I got this on eBay, and it was pretty cheap. It was, I think nice. it was like
0: 55 bucks. I like the dark cart. Looks good.
2: So, I got an original first edition Everdrive Game Boy.
0: And it's from my favorite source, the Stone Age Gamer.
2: Stone Age Gamer, It yep. comes
0: with a case and a nice manual, and I love them that way. And it
2: came with the manual, it came with stickers. The, whoever had this before actually kept all the, good, all, of it, yeah. all the good doodads and whatnots. So, cool. Yeah, and it works great in the Super Game Boy. Just like you said, because I verified with you, I was like, yep. does the Everdrive work in there? And it does, and I've been using it. You can play
0: it. any Game Boy game or homebrew you want.
2: Yep, and it Beautiful. works well.
0: You also got a black uh, device you're holding right now.
2: This is this next on the list. Well, that's
0: yeah. part of that topic.
2: Sure, let's do it. Let's talk about Stop it. breaking the
0: wall. Let's just roll. <laughs> normal everyday conversation. <laughs> yeah, Eric. Yeah, yeah,
2: So, um, I was in Game uh, Game and Trade. Have you ever been in there on Natoma's?
0: Not right? that one up there, no.
2: So in Natoma's, next to the Bel Air, there's a Game and Trade, and. The guy in there is really nice to me. I go in there all the time. We talk about Commodore 64s and, like, old machines, and he's really good guy about repairing stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, the prices aren't super great, but they're pretty good. Um, so I go in there. He has a lot of retro stuff. That's where I saw that 3DO that I, mm. I was going to buy, and I kept going and going, and finally it was gone. And I was yeah. like, oh, I didn't get that. But in the display case, he had this PSP. So it's the chunky original yeah, PSP 1000. 1000, yeah, yeah. So in black. The story I have about this is I had a PSP 2000, which was the slimmer plastic edition, have, yeah. and I left it in my garage. I, it was just in a box in my garage, and
0: and you came back, and it was just a pile of melted plastic.
2: The, the it was goop. The battery sw- swelled up in it, and it cracked the case. Oh, I've
0: heard about that. Okay. And yeah. uh, it
2: destroyed it. And so, and that was a couple years ago. So, uh, Ooh, the, I should check mine. <laughs> yeah, so the PSP isn't like this great thing that I've had this great desire for, but...
0: It's a, it's a good system. Yeah. It honestly is.
2: Well, so what I did was I did my research, and this is the most hackable one.
0: Okay, the 1000.
2: And it also is chunky and has a metal frame. The other ones have a plastic frame. So this one, even if the battery starts to have problems, it's not prone to destroy it right off the bat. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to, he had it for a really good price. And so I went and I purchased it. And sure enough, like within 10 minutes of me getting it home, I had it hacked (laughs) because it's a software hack. You literally just take the memory card out, you take the Sony memory card, you put some files on it, and you run it, and it it does the hack. So you can install all sorts of um, emulators on here, which I don't really care to do.
0: I know a lot of people use it for that. If I was going to do that, I'd probably buy a second one for that.
2: Right. Now, this one, what I did do, though, is once you hack it, you can play PS1 games on it. And I will tell you the PS One games play great on it. Do In they? fact, what I have installed on it right now is Crash Band uh, is as a uh, Crash Team Racing. Yeah. Because I was I took it on the road to play through our Battle of the Systems like we did last month. So this PSP is fully hacked and can play PS One games.
0: Here's my I have a white 2000 which I just think is pretty.
2: It is very pretty, and it is thinner and lighter, which is nice.
0: But this feels a lot more robust, this That's, 1,000. That one's
2: chunky, yeah. I feel
0: like I can kill an evil gnome with this thing if it came <laughs> into my room. If you had to chuck it if at I the evil If I had to gnome. chuck it for some reason to save my life, I so, would chuck your 1,000.
2: So the, I guess the bottom line on this one is it's easy, the, the 1,000 here is is easily hackable, it plays ps1 games perfectly everyone i've thrown at it That's and they great. look really good like crash team racing yeah on the, the smaller looks,
0: screen you don't see all those artifacts that bother me it, so much it
2: plays perfectly um the only downside that i have so far oh i've been playing burnout a lot the actual umds because i actually have those left over from my old one.
0: Oh, okay so yeah, the yeah.
2: umd discs in fact that burnout's in here right now my hands get tired holding this for for a long time like it just because it like in burnout you have to use the yeah it's not
0: perfectly ergonomic none of not, the handhelds really are perfect no um, you're
2: right uh but i get used to it and it's fine but um so i'm having a little psp resurgence now i'm actually digging this one a lot Yeah, it's a
0: good system yeah just the media the umd is weird
2: the umd format is weird but a lot of good games came on it there's t- i have two burnouts dominator and there's another one if they're all both excellent burnout games. I've got one of those over there, but
0: yeah. yeah. Um couple of MSX games that came out over the last few months. I finally got to playing them. Okay. Uh Yazzie. Yeah. Which I finally played on the MSX. It's yeah. a, also a spectrum game. Yeah. Uh very fun. Okay. I highly suggest it. Problem is I beat it in like twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. And it was too easy, or not necessarily too easy. I actually enjoyed the difficulty just
2: not enough levels i want more
0: yeah um, i remember
2: you you reached out to the author on twitter and yeah
0: and i'm like, like i know dude, everyone asks you for things and you're not selling this and whatever i get it but i would love some more levels yeah i'll pay for some more level it was a good game yeah really good game um it was kind of a uh it's
2: kind of a puzzle game
0: puzzle platformer but it wasn't a puzzle as in like you have to do it the right way right Um, Yeah, I mean, you kind of do, but you kind of don't. In some
2: levels, you you do, but... Action puzzler. I understand. I enjoyed it. I played that Yazid as well. Yeah,
0: it was fun. Okay. And then I also tried... We mentioned it last month, but Who Dares Wins?
2: Yeah, which Um, I regret not having time this month to play that, because that's one of my favorites on the C64. Is it? Okay. There's one called Who Dares Wins 2. Yeah. And I pirated that as a kid, and I loved it more than Commando.
0: Yeah, it's a very Commando-ish game. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost directly a Commando game, but I, I played the MSX version of Who Dares Wins. Uh, what's cool, one cool thing about it is when you start it up, you can choose three different color, I guess it's a palette, mm-hmm. color options, so you can play it in three different looks. Okay. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, but it is a port, mm-hmm. a modern, if you want to call it homebrew or modern port. It's free. Download it, enjoy it, play it on your MSX.
2: But if you've never played Who Dares Wins too, I mean, it's new to you. If so- this whole
0: thing was new to me. It felt very Commando, but Commando to me was just... I don't know why it's just hard, mm-hmm,
2: it and this hard. was hard
0: too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I fought through it enough; I can get, you know, quite a few levels in. I don't know how many total levels there are, but um,
2: it's nice to have it on the MSX, though. I mean, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and I've been using the uh, my orange and black MSX controller, which is decent but not great. Not great. So, so now, being able to plug in, um,
2: yeah. Now you're gonna use that op- adapter. Yeah, I'll
0: use that adapter, and that might help me out a bit. That is awesome.
2: I, I'm eager. Solid I'm gonna, game. I'm gonna play that. I mean, I'm gonna try to load that up.
0: Absolutely. Uh, BBC update. You yeah. Got a BBC from uh, from Tim. You opened it on the show last week. I opened or last it on the month. show,
2: and I was so excited. I saw it, and I was like, "This is this is awesome." I'm Huge here. chunk of Brit. So I I took it home, and I knew I'd have to play it on composite at first, which is black and white for for the BBC Micro. Um, so I ordered a scart cable and everything, but I plug it in and wah wah wah. Oh. Sorry, I was off. (laughs) It actually didn't work when I plugged it in, and I was like, oh, man, this is a bummer, because you hear about things in shipping not making it and stuff.
0: Now, when you say when you plugged it in, you got the transformer. I
2: had the transformer. I had everything ready to go. So you had
0: 120 feeding a transformer to put Mm -hmm. 240 to a specific UK, the UK plug. Yep.
2: I had it all dialed in, and and I even... When I plugged it in, it didn't work, and that's the first thing I thought was my transformer's bad, my inverter, my power inverter. Yeah,
0: because it was super inexpensive on a a certain large website.
2: Exactly. So, anyway, I have my ZX Spectrum uh, 128K. I still had the original power plug for that, so I plugged that in and it all worked perfectly. So Mm. I I made sure that was working. BBC Micro did not work. It took a little bit of digging. I took it apart. I was digging around. And I, I did my, whenever a system doesn't work that I receive, I start changing all the, or I, I take all the ICs out and I plug them back in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just move chips around. Just
2: move chips because sometimes those dislodge or whatever. And sure enough, the one that, uh, the future was a bit, uh, there's a, <laughs> there's actually a chip in there that they have to put in to make the, um, the SD two BBC, BBC to work correctly. Mm-hmm. I've took that out, plugged it back boom works it worked right off the bat cool so it worked on black and white and i played it and it was like oh cool this is pretty great and it was awesome and then my scart cable came in plugged into my pvm full color works beautifully i've been playing a ton of games um and then i finally got my joystick adapter which uh, there's not a ton of games that support joystick on the bbc micro yeah that's weird a lot of them are keyboard um, but there's enough to make it interesting. So, I mean, I did play quite a few games and and I wanted to highlight a couple of them here. Um, so there's a shmup called Gala Force or Gala Force, G-A-L-A Force. So one, Gala, one and two, right? Yep. Gala Force One actually supports joystick, which is awesome. Okay. So like I was playing it and it was great and it, it's a, it's a... Man, the sprites move so fast on that that you, really? okay. that you forget that it's like a BBC Micro. I mean, it's so fast. I mean, it's faster than a basic, like a Nintendo game. Yeah. I mean, it's smooth. The music is great. It is a great shmup. So I'm like, okay, Gala Force 2 must be better. I mean, more better. Load it up. It doesn't support joystick. <laughs> so it's keyboard only, which is fine. Weird. It, it plays great. It, it It was a lot of fun um i played bubble bobble but it's keyboard only so like it kind of limits
0: that would make it hard that would make the whole system hard for me
2: yeah so bubble bobble was joystick only and then finally i want to talk about this game starship command i think did you see my tweets on that
0: i don't recall them i probably did though
2: oh man i fell in love with this game it's one i played the most it does support joystick but i did play with key keys at first sounds
0: like a keyboard game
2: you still need keys even if you play with joystick, but it makes it easier that you can speed up, slow down and it's it's a game kind of like assault where like the 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 world rotates around you okay. but your ship stays in the middle. You basically a starship flying around and you go into these areas with all these enemies. You have to destroy the enemies, but their fire like y- you can avoid their fire but you it's it's very slow moving almost like yeah. a Kind of hard to explain, but it, it's an, it basically have these four energy bars, and they go down as you get hit. Like, okay, and when you start to run out of energy completely, you have to eject. And when you eject, you there's two keys: the F and the G key. They you can eject starboard, or you can eject the other one. <laughs> what's, what's, uh, what's that one? Oh, oh port. don't put port, 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 and starboard. Yep, port and starboard. So you can eject port or starboard, and then. Your, your escape pod, you see it leave your ship, but yeah. if there's an enemy there, then you're dead. Okay. If you escape and you've scored enough points, which it's always a random, like, semi-random number, if you did, they put you back in a starship and you can continue your high score. Hmm. So then you get a different ship that fires differently and you play uh, in, a cool. different, in a different field. Um, and I just have fallen in love with this game. And I loved it so much that before I got my joystick adapter, I played it on my Mister, my FPGA Mister. Oh, okay. Because the joystick works there, and I was like, "Oh gotcha. yeah, this is different with the joystick, and it's it's better with the joystick." Yeah, but you still have to know the BBC keys. BBC exclusive game. I've never seen it anywhere else, so I think it might be.
0: All right, I have to check that out too.
2: Starship Command, I love it, and it, I mean, it's one I keep going back to over and over again. And that it supports the joystick is even better. Love it. I mean, that is a fantastic game. And it's kind of a vector based game. So it's not I like, like s- vectors. It's not solid. It's not solid like sprites. Yeah. So it's almost like like, like kind of cool. Scales, like asteroids, kind of, you know, but you gotta play it or at least watch a video of it, it, it just to get the feel for it. It it's a it's a it's a brilliant game. That Lo- sounds good. I love it.
0: Uh, Two last things. I think we will save our Doki Doki update for when when Tim's here. Okay. (laughs) we're running out of time. Yeah, sure, sure. uh, I did play finally the game I bought, Shadow Over Innsmouth, for c 64
2: I never even downloaded it. It's so cool. It's
0: it's really cool. It's a full on adventure game. It's definitely one, though, where you're going to get to a certain point, die, and go, all right, I have to start all over and do all that again, but better, more efficiently. Yeah. Um, So for some games, that would kill it for me. But because this game was so unique and interesting, I just had a blast with it. Okay. Um, I don't know how to explain it. It's really unique.
2: I saw it. It's almost like a platform, but you're searching for stuff as well. RPG action platformer. Yeah.
0: But um, you also kind of have to strategize when you're going to do certain things, where certain points where you're going to take damage. um, You collect these guns, but you get to decide, all right, I know where the next gun is, but is it worth worth backtracking right now to go get it? Yeah. Because if I go back right now, I'll get it but then I'll get, take damage coming back. Like it's, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. And then as you go, you can kind of basically either draw a map physically on paper or keep it in your mind where things are and what order to do it so it's more efficient so you avoid more enemies so you don't get hit as much. Yeah. Um, and there's all kinds of like switches that unlock certain things so you have to go in the right order and then you have to get so many idols to open this door so where are all those idols? Uh, it's a fetch quest RPG action platform. It's cool. It's really cool. I really like it, uh, and it's gorgeous. Yeah, um, it's definitely got it fits that C64 dark, dank, earthy color palette works really well with a Cthulhu. I saw that. I, game.
2: I watched some videos of it, and I saw that it was raining and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like that. I mean, that's a pretty neat effect on the color 64.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's a cool game. That's cool. And last but not least, I want to bring up the fact that uh, thanks to boat of car, Aaron from uh, or not Aaron, John from the Amigos. Yeah. I saw a tweet where he mentioned that he was joining the Neo Turf Masters competition for the year. Yeah. I did not know that was a thing. Unfortunately, I missed the first week, Mm -hmm. but I did play the last three weeks. So basically, Mm. it's a Twitter... Well, it's not really... I shouldn't say Twitter. It was posted originally on Facebook, but you just email your score to the guy. Um, I believe the guy was in... Shoot. Italy?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's an Italian guy that set up the tournament, and I think it sounds like they do it every year. And they basically spend a week, you play New Turf Masters on one of the courses, get your best score, send it in, do the next, there's four courses total, so over four weeks, one month, you play every course, and they rank you by your score every week, and depending on how many people you beat, is how many points you get. Okay. So if week one, there's only seven players, and you beat four of them, you get four points. But if by week four, there's 30 players, and you beat 20 of them, you get 20 points. Um, I missed week one. Honestly, almost every time I played, I came in right in the middle of the field, but I missed week one. So, representing Pixel Guide in, nice. I came in, I, I can't remember exactly, like 18, 18 out of 30. It was
2: 18. You sent me the screenshot. Okay. Yeah.
0: So. But it was. I had a blast doing. It, it was a lot of
2: fun. I want to play it. I, I just like I said, uh, my time has been super limited this month, so I, I, I love the to game play. and it's
0: fun when you have competition. And that yeah. gave me a good excuse every week to play a ton of NeoTurf Masters and just sit down with a
2: yeah a I, beer
0: or a coffee or a tea or depending on what time of day it was.
2: I like it. And I hope everyone's being honest with their screenshots of the scores, you know, because people could cheat if they wanted to. Oh, they
0: absolutely could. But the guys who kept getting... I mean, the, the best scores were really good. I mean, they were negative 21, so they were getting birdies or an eagle on every hole.
2: Which is incredible to me. I would not be able to rank that high. In that but you're
0: game. talking about guys who own the actual arcades. I saw pictures. They own the real arcade, and you know they play that thing so much. And like, yeah. I mean, there's only like four or five guys that were up at that level. The rest of us were negative mm-hmm. 15 or less, which is doable on your best round. Yeah. I was getting like negative sevens, negative nines, somewhere in there.
2: I will say that uh, when I was hanging out with my daughter, like when I take her to volleyball practice, it's like Saturday morning at 9 a.m., which is horrific. (laughs) But (laughs) when I take her there, I was playing Neo Geo um, Turf Masters on Pocket, and I was loving it. I mean, I I actually love the Pocket version. Just there's something about like the little side thing where it shows you the distances. Yeah. Because there's little lines on the side it's that's my ideal version now really i love that version but that time you and i played over here i love that yeah it's a blast multiplayer is an awesome i would love to do that again where we just have beers and we we play neo geo turf masters do it it's my favorite neo geo game
0: yeah Yeah. it's my favorite too yeah it might be my favorite arcade game
2: it could be mine too it's right there mine too yeah
0: so we're going to do a Doki Doki Literature Club update next month because I want to talk to Tim about it. You finished it now. Tim finished it. That's
2: funny because today I told you that on that um, when I was working on that uh, the, this thing, the retro flag GPI case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finished it this morning right under the gun to bring it here, show you the Pico Eight stuff. But I also finished Doki Doki Literature Club today. Yeah. And uh, I was very eager to talk about it. And then when I learned Tim wasn't oh. going to make it, I was like but it's fresh in my mind yeah but that's okay i'll remember it i'll remember it
0: well as we mentioned tim's not here so how about we check in with him with a little tea time oh hey guys how about we take a little break check with our friend over the pond that's right
3: it's tea time with tim the atari st some said it was the poor man's amiga The computer that Jack Trammell's Atari cobbled together from off-the-shelf parts in a few months. Does this really show? A few questions to ask yourself. Do you, like me, own an ST, but it just sits in the corner of your collection and gather dust? Does the thought of that plinky-plonky sound chip fill you with dread? Are you thinking all about the poor European conversions just to get the cash in? Well, let's all find some love on this episode for the 16-bit wonder that is the Atari ST. The Atari 520 ST has twice the power of many business micros. It handles business with ease. It can paint pictures and make them move. Games. Yet it costs less than three hundred pounds. The Atari Five Twenty ST, power without the price. I think it's about time we gave a little love to the ST here on the Pixel Garden podcast. First of all, before we get into the games, let's scratch the surface of the Atari ST's history. First shown in nineteen eighty five, the Atari ST. The ST means 16 32 bit 16 bit data bus and 32 bit address bus making its first appearance at the Las Vegas CES show it was a big surprise as the new owner Jack Tramiel who had only just recently left Commodore and purchased Atari outright six months before to see a full new 16 bit micro after such a short time in control that was a surprise for sure. After its initial outing at the CES show, the press were labelling it as a Mac basher or the Jackintosh after its creator. Clearly, this was Tramiel's intention to go directly against the Apple Macintosh and the Amiga. As you might know, Atari originally purchased the rights to the Amiga, only having them swooped up from, by Commodore at the last minute. With the ST's creation being only around 6 months, a few shortcuts were taken by using some off-the-shelf parts, like the use of the General Instruments AY sound chip that was used in computers like the TI-99 and the MSX range. For me personally, this was the disappointment of the system. Sound is a big part in games for me, and even back then, coming from a C64, it did not sound as good. Inside the typical ST520 there would be a Motorola 68000 CPU running at 8MHz, 512K of RAM. Initially it shipped with a single sided 400K 3.5 inch floppy drive, screen output was high res capable of up to 640 by 400 pixels which was pretty good, that was just in mono. 640x200 with four colours and 320x200 pixels with 16 colours out of a total palette of 512. The operating system called TOS or Tramiel's operating system was shipped on disk in the early models. Later on this would be shipped pre-baked into the system on a dedicated ROM so no boot disk was required. There were several models that were released in its lifespan, a few you may not know about. Starting out with the ST prototype called the ST130. This only had 128k RAM. This was never released and instead the entry level was the ST260. This had 512k of RAM but only had the smaller ROM size, so had the TOS and the GUI called GEM shipped and run from disk. This was the smaller form factor, with the power supply and the disk drive both external units, unlike the later models. The 520 ST was shipped in the same form factor as the 260, but with the addition of TOS on ROM. Later Atari would go on to introduce the ST that everyone is more familiar with, the 520 and the 1040 STFM. The F being built-in floppy drive and power supply also built in was M for modulator so that was the RF modulator. Later on in the life cycle, Atari attempted to close the power gap to the Amiga by launching the enhanced STE range. This included an increased colour palette comparable to that of the Amiga's 4096 colours, a blitter coprocessor. A new PCE sound chip, enhanced joystick ports on the side, these same ports would actually be reused on the Jaguar, and you can actually use Jaguar controllers with the ST on games that were specifically written to support them. I believe Dyna Blaster is one of those off the top of my head. There were also non wedge style PC shaped STs in the form of the Mega ST. This was a separate base unit and keyboard type platform with extra expansions available such as the Megafile hard disk drive that sat under the Mega ST base, giving you a 20 or 30 meg hard drive. There is also the TT-030 using the 68030 CPU. Eventually the Atari ST base computers would end production in 1993 after it was announced that Atari would pull out of the computer market with all the focus going onto the ill-fated Jaguar console. So that's a little bit of the history about the Atari ST itself, the hardware and the conception. Let's now get to the good stuff and let's talk about the games. These games I have selected are some of the games that bring back good memories for me when I was playing the ST back in 1986. So they will be early games in the ST lifecycle or they are games that were only available from a 16-bit point of view on the ST and did not get an official port to the Amiga. So it's games you may not be familiar with, especially if you are not too aware of the ST and its games library. Let's start with a very early game, Mud Pies, from 1985. Mud Pies was published by Microdeal. It is a mad pie-flinging game, as the title might suggest. This was one of the first games I ever played on the ST when it first arrived in the shop I worked in at the time. You take control of Arnold, a troublesome lad whose visit to the circus was not as exciting as he thought it would be. So he decides to get up and start running around the circus flinging mud pies at the clowns. Arnold needs to avoid getting tagged by rampaging clowns. You also need to make sure that he does not get too hungry. You need to eat the burgers, fries and drinks that you find around the gameplay area. However, don't eat too much junk food as he will get full and the controls go sluggish, giving the clowns a chance to catch him and knock him out. Getting knocked out earned you a trip to the first aid tent. There's a nice little animation where two guys and a stretcher come on and eventually pick Arnold up and stretcher him off the screen. You start with three first aid trips before your game is over. Extra trips are awarded for every 10,000 points that you score. The basic game idea is to run around each tent, run over the mud pies to get one ready to fling, then press the fire button when a cloud is in range and splat! There are six rooms to explore in the circus tent. Once a door has opened you can move between the rooms. At different points in the game red doors appear for Arnold to walk through. These take you into the challenging round or the mudslinging round as it's called. You get 30 pies and 30 seconds to splat as many clowns as you can. The game is great fun. It's very simple in its look and the sound is basic. But to be honest, it's still a game I go back to and play time and time again on the ST as it's just a simple and fun game to play. My next choice is MetroCross, published by US Gold and converted by Probe Software. This is an arcade conversion, not as unique as Mudpies, but unique as it was the only official 16-bit version. 8-bit versions were converted to the C64, Speccy and Amstrad, but the ST was the only 16-bit version. Metro Cross was originally released in Japan by Namco in May 1985. The interesting fact is that this one ran on the Namco Pac-Land arcade system and was one of the only other games apart from Pac-Land to run on the hardware. I like this game because it's quite fast-paced and has a great little tune in the background. And again, like mud pies, a simple game mechanic but addictive and a game you want to play over and over again to get further. You play a runner in a marathon race across a 23rd century city. The streets or levels you need to run through are littered with hazards that you need to avoid to complete the run to the end of each street. Amongst these hazards are big coke cans rolling towards you that you have to jump over. Other cola brands are available. Rats that will stick to you and slow you down, that you have to shake off. Some blocks on the floor will slow you down, explode and throw you into the air. There are also things along the way to help you. Different coloured cans can be jumped on or collected to either give you a small time bonus, points or even a speed up effect. There are springboards that you can jump on and propel you further down the street. A game mechanic is by holding the fire button down and running onto the springboard it sends you sailing across the screen. Time these jumps well and you can jump from board to board helping you to complete the street faster. Each street has a set time limit. If you fail to complete the street in the set time it's game over and there are no continues so once it's done you have to start back at street one. This does get a little wearing, especially as the later levels get harder very quickly. The graphics on the ST version are not too far away from the arcade, thanks to the nice colour palette on the ST that have nice bright colours. The appearance and the scrolling is nice and smooth. There is one tune that plays in the background, and you do have the option to turn this off in the main menu. Adequate spot effects accompany you as you race to the end of the street. I enjoyed this game back in the day. Playing it now is still fun and is a game that's quick to pick up and play. Maybe not the strongest title on the ST, but it's unique enough to recommend to give it a go. Hades Nebula, published by Nexus. This is an out and out fast paced shmup for the ST. Again, this one is unique as it did not get a port to the Amiga. Hades Nebula has a little extra meaning for me, as it was a game I saw in creation, as one of the coders called Darren Pegg was a regular in the shop I used to work in back in the day. The shop itself, and the guys who used to own it, actually got a mention in the game. I can remember when Darren would pop into the shop once or twice a month with the latest version of the game, and we would all have a go and give him some feedback. There's not a lot of backstory to Hades Nebula follows the usual shoot 'em up rules so i think you get the idea simply control your spaceship on the screen and blow everything up you can along the way you can obtain extra power ups and to progress to the next level is by defeating the end of level boss the things that are especially great about this game is its graphics sound and the polish and feel of the game. For a game of 1987, it's still quite early in the ST lifecycle. The graphics are smooth and flowing, and the level, pattern, and design is not annoying, and it's still a good challenge. I would recommend giving this one a go if you like your shmups, and perhaps have not played this one before on any of the other platforms it was released on. Bringing up the rear in our ST game run-through is Super Sprint. This is a classic car racing conversion from the very successful Atari Sprint car game franchise that was started way back in the 70s with Sprint. This was a single-player, top-down racer. It was grey, white and black on the screen. You had to steer the car around a course, trying not to crash, avoiding the oil spills and trying to beat your rivals. It was unique at the time, as it had a full steering wheel and a gear shifter. They also did a two-player version with two steering wheels. This was so much fun spinning the cars and drifting them around the corners, I can remember it even to this day. Atari released a sequel in the arcades in 1986, with a three-player version called Super Sprint, losing the gear shifter but now squeezing in the extra steering wheel on the arcade cab. I remember sinking loads of money into this on vacation back in the day, so the ST version of this game holds some nostalgia to me as it was quite faithful to the arcade version in its look and feel. The sound is not on par as the arcade had some excellent effects and samples and nice little musical interludes on the cutscenes between races. Some of this is implemented on the ST version but of course it could not give the same quality to the sound. That being said. The game is playable and quite addictive. You can play up to three players at the same time, two on joystick and one on keyboard. What about the gameplay for Super Sprint? Well yes, you guessed it, it's the usual top-down racer on a single track on the screen. You have drone cars to race against and they very rarely ever make mistakes. They start off slow in the first few races so you can beat them and, as you would expect, they get faster as the game progresses. There are power-ups available to your car you can increase the grip, top speed, and acceleration. This is done by when you're driving around the track by collecting spanners. You can also collect bonus points. There are also things to avoid on the track like oil spills, mini tornadoes that spin you out of control. There are also jumps across the track that you have to hit just right or you will crash. One unique feature is that you have shortcuts that open up on the track and also some that are not quite so obvious if you crash your car at low speeds you just bounce off the edge of the track if you fail a jump and crash at high speed or your car is totaled a new car is helicoptered into the track and dropped down where you left it off it gets helicoptered back in quite quickly but does disadvantage you and can get a little annoying at times there are nice little cutscenes scenes between races showing you you're standing in the race time and a little animation the person in last ends up at the bottom of the screen with their car all smashed up and with a very frustrated mechanic hammering away at the engine this is a fun and playable racer for the ST and I can't think of many others on that system that compare to this so that's it for this Atari ST episode hope you enjoyed it take care everyone and I'll speak to you on the next one and if you have been thanks for listening
1: Cody Corner.
0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Cody's Corner. This is the March edition, and I'm going to call this extra credit. These are things um, I've been wanting to tell you guys about because I love them. I think other gamers are going to love them, uh, at least retro gamers, even though they're not specifically gaming-related. Um, so, it's just a few things that, uh, I mean, when I listen to other podcasts, one of my favorite thing to do is just learn about what is out there what people are using what people what games people are playing um so that i can run home and try them myself or buy them or tinker with them and they're just kind of ideas for things you guys might enjoy um i think other gamers might be into these items even though they like i said they're not retro gaming video gaming related specifically so first one um i've been playing a bunch of pitch car lately Now, this is a dexterity game. It's not a board game. I mean, it's a board game, but it's not a board game. It's a dexterity game, and it's a really cool game. It's technically Italian, um, but you can buy it over here in the States. I'm sure anywhere Amazon has it, Um, although I'd prefer you buy from your local-friendly board game store. But Pitch Car is a very cool building system where you take all these wood pieces of track kind of like the old slot cars where you would press the button down your car would spin around the track until it got too fast and spun off the edge Um, and it's kind of like that Uh, but you lay down these pieces of wood and there's these rubber rails so there's straights and you have a rail on one side of the straight you get to a, a corner and the corner has a rail on the outside so that you can zip around the outside and you make this entire closed circuit that's as big as your like kitchen table roughly um, and what you're doing is it comes with these eight little wooden tokens. They're kind of like wooden coins, if you remember those. Uh, a little thicker. They're each a different color, and they got a little picture of a car on the top. So you and up to seven friends, or I suppose you could do this alone, um, and just kind of go for you know least amount of flicks, I guess, but uh, are going to put your coin on the starting line, and one at a time, you go in turn order. You flick your little car and try to see how far you can get down the, the racetrack. Everyone else goes and you're trying to jostle posi- uh, for position. you're trying to get ahead of people, block them so they can't get by you easily. Uh, zoom past them if they leave an opening. It's a race. Um, you typically do you know three laps We we do three laps usually. and uh, it's just a blast. It's a great party game people are drinking beer. Um, you know I take all the chairs away from the table so you can walk around it easily. Um, it's got that factor where every once in a while someone totally you know whiffs, and shoots their piece off the table which you lose a turn you have to come back or if your car flips over you got to spend a turn flipping your car the right way up um you can knock people off the track but then there's a disadvantage to that as well um and and people every once in a while you'll get this amazing uh flick where you split you know right between two people barely you know there was no luck and no chance at all you could do it but you did it and you zip halfway down the track and everyone screams and goes nuts and then and then you screw up later on so people can catch up and Just a great time. There's also expansions. So I think there's like eight different expansions now. And it adds all kinds of crazy things like ramps you can jump off of or um, these risers so that you can go... Your your track will actually go up and over other parts of the track and then come back down later. Um, There's crisscrosses. There's kind of chicanes. There's tight turns. There's 45s versus the 90s and straights you get in the regular uh, set. So very... um, very fun game, very expandable. Uh, you also get to build different tracks and save your favorite ones. Or if you have enough pieces, you can try to copy like a real racetrack. Just very cool. Pitch car um, kind of has f uh, F1. Uh, what's what's a, a video game? Pole position vibe. There we go. Now it's gaming related. So the next one that I wanted to bring up, everyone, I, these are very um, nostalgic for me. And I'm sure most people know what I'm talking about. When, right when I turn this on, you're going to hear it. <coughs> Solve it. Level one. Do you guys remember these Texas Instruments uh, speaking spells and uh, speaking math? Here, let me hit another button.
1: Word problems. Level one.
0: Um, Texas Instruments made these really cool educational devices in the early 80s. And I think we all had one of these things. Um, I guess it started with the touch and tell set. But basically, they made this voice synthesis module whatever technology and said what can we do with it and they shoved it into a bunch of educational uh, toys um, where you learn math you learn spelling originally the touch and tell was just kind of shapes and there's different cartridges you could plug in put a book on it learn um, science you know planets and things like that but it was all about making this chip talk to you Uh, which is cool on its own these things are are super rugged and durable they almost all work unless somebody really destroyed it Uh, Very cool to collect. However, what's really cool about it is that people are doing this thing, um, you you may or may not have heard of it, called um, circuit bending. Now, if you haven't heard of that, type in speak and spell or or speak and math circuit bending on YouTube. People are doing kinds of crazy things, and you can go do this too. Uh, Like I said, these things are pretty inexpensive. So you can shove all kinds of switches and pots and uh, buttons and connect it to different resistors and stuff in the system. So that you get to do all kinds of crazy things. You know, the most obvious one is you can ramp up the pitch or lower the pitch of the voice, so it sounds like Darth Vader. Um, there's other things I've heard people do with this. It makes the changes the way the voice comes out, like either really robotic or just it comes out as a sh- like a bunch of laser shooting. Um, all kinds of crazy R two D two, you know, sounds. Um, circuit bending is pretty cool. So that's just another uh, a genre of fun you can get into i suppose and the last one i wanted to mention is something that's really obvious but you don't really think about it um it's it, and it's something i have here i've done it before it's so simple to go out and get one of these old projectors i mean schools got rid of all these projectors because now they're doing basically video cameras straight to an lcd screen um so or led i should say now it is L- led screen so all these projectors are laying around here for you know zero to fifteen dollars all over the place grab one of these things and uh, you know take it to your family room or whatever uh take a picture off the wall and try to make a living room sized uh, game of super mario 3 and go have a blast um, you can connect these things with rcas um You can plug the the sound straight into your sound system So you have a big sound, a huge picture Yeah, it's got to be dark in your room So typically you want to do it at night um, Unless you want to get out, you know, all the foil and stuff And block off every ounce of light from your windows But um, kind of a cool experience Easy to do, easy to pick up, cheap And you can have a a really big impact Especially if you have a few friends over for game night And you don't want it to be a bunch of uh, grown adults Huddling around a small TV Let's blow the thing up and let's make it an event, you know um only thing to note about that is yes indeed you do have to worry about the bulb going out if the they call it the lamp i think they're not cheap if you're trying to find that exact one it's probably gonna be really expensive new um you might be able to get lucky and find some used or new old stock or whatever realistically you're probably just going to want to buy another projector if it ever burns out that'll be cheaper than trying to track down a lamp for your current one uh there you go three quick ideas Uh, Things I think are fun to do Uh, If you have any feedback Go ahead and hit me up on Twitter Or send us an email Uh, Listen to the show notes for that information And uh, I think you'll have a lot of fun With uh, digging into at least one of these If not all three But Pitch pitch Car really is really cool I I I highly suggest Pitch Car And a bunch of friends Alright guys, I appreciate it And I'll catch up with you next month
2: This month on Eric's Take, I wanted to cover mobile mania. For the last couple of months, I have been collecting and modifying mobile gaming systems, and there is a good reason for that. Uh, A few things have been changing in my life. My kids are getting more and more involved in activities such as art class and uh, volleyball and Soccer and things like that, uh, track, and I often have to take ch- take them to practice sessions where they're just practicing, and I'm just sitting there and incredibly bored. So I will pull out my whatever gaming platform I take with me, and it allows me to catch up and play on games and have fun, and also have some fodder to talk about here on the show. My history of mobile gaming is pretty short. Uh, I remember. As a kid, we received a microvision system. Uh, this was a one of the very first, in fact, I think it was the very first handheld that had interchangeable cartridges, and the cartridges were very unique. They were the, the whole faceplate for the, for the game. And then I also remember having the Mattel Electronics baseball and football games. Those were not interchangeable games. There was just baseball or football. And... I also had a standard Game Boy, uh, which had Elevator Action and Tetris. Uh, I might have had, oh, the a- Asteroids was another game. I only had a handful of games on that system, but that was pretty much it. I didn't have any other mobile game platforms. So here, uh, probably for the past eight years or so, I've been slowly collecting mobile gaming platforms, whether that is... A 3DS or the standard DS or Game Boys, but mainly in the last two months I've just gone a little crazy and started buying a whole bunch of them. You can usually find these systems pretty cheap. First one that I want to talk about was the Neo Geo Pocket Color. I bought a, actually a couple of these because right away I knew I wanted to mod them. Um, there is a backlit LCD project for that and it made a ton of difference my only complaint with the neo geo pocket color was the screen it it's very very dim uh if you are not in perfect sunlight conditions you can barely see the screen uh it doesn't bother some people like i talked to cody about it quite a bit and it doesn't seem to bother him too much but for me it made it almost unplayable which is a shame because almost every single game i play on that system is great so I looked into it and there for about, I think it's around 50 or 60 bucks. You can grab a backlit LCD. Now the LCD that I bought mine from a company called console 5com And they include a lot of great things. One thing is they, they have a 3d printed bracket that will center the screen. The screen is a little bit smaller. I think it's, Two millimeters or something like that smaller than the original neo geo pocket screen so because it's smaller you want to get it centered in the uh hole where the screen comes out of the case so they include the th- a 3d printed bracket which makes that easy and then they also include a replacement lens which is a little bit fills in like the area around the screen where you can see some of the screws and things that hold the screen in. So it makes it a very, very clean and polished finish. And the results are amazing. It makes that that handheld so much more playable to me. And another thing is the mod was not that hard to do. It sounds very daunting, but it actually took me probably a total of 30 minutes to complete and very clean finish, no problems at all really I highly recommend this mod another system I picked up in the last couple of months was a PSP portable PlayStation I got the original the original model which is the I think 1000 and I had one of these but I this was probably a good 10 years ago I had one of these and I didn't play it much so I kept it in the garage and one day I went to go get it And the battery had swollen up and broke the case, the plastic around it, and damaged the system to the point where it was unplayable. Uh, So I recently just reacquired another one. I did a little research, and I found that the first one was easily modified, too, which I went ahead and, and did. It is one of the easier mods for any system I've ever done you just pull the memory stick out you put some files on it you run a couple things and it is modded and it's 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 a strange mod it's not a permanent mod so if you do a full reset on your PSP it's gone and it's back to normal and if you want to remod it, they make it much easier once you get the files on your PSP you just run this little file and it remods it again But the mod allows you to install emulators, full versions of games. I got it because I really wanted to play PlayStation 1 games on a portable system. And it does that extremely well. So that is a system if you're into soft modding and you want to play a bunch of emulators or play a bunch of uh, PlayStation 1 games or really just uh, have a nice little handheld system, the PSP is a fine addition. Works really well. Another thing I got recently was the Super Game Boy. I never had one of these. This is the cartridge that fits in your Super Nintendo, but you can pop in Game Boy cartridges and play them on the screen. Cody had one of these, and I saw it, and I was aware of the device, but it's just one of those things that fell through the cracks. I never really went out to to buy one, and they're not hard to find, but I was just waiting for a good deal, and I found one locally, and it works really well. Now, I only had a couple of Game Boy games. Uh, like, I had um, Tetris and a couple other games. So, I went and also got an EverDrive for the Game Boy, which, because I just didn't really have a good way to play Game Boy games, I I just never thought of getting one. And it it's one of the last EverDrives that I lacked. So... I've pretty much completed my EverDrive collection. I think I have one for all the systems that uh, they're available for. And these are the official EverDrives I'm talking about from Krix, K-R-I-K-Z-Z. Uh K-R-I-K-Z-Z. I have all of his EverDrives now for every system that he has one for. So th- that has been a lot of fun to play. It's, it's really interesting to play these mobile games on a large screen, and it works incredibly well. Uh, another system that I grabbed recently was, and I, I didn't grab it myself. I actually, my wife bought it for me as a gift is a little system called the RetroFlag GPI case. And I'm holding it right here and it looks exactly like an original game boy, except it has more buttons. Uh, it has a D pad, has four face buttons, a select and start. And then also has two buttons on the back, which are trigger buttons. What this is is in the form factor of a regular Game Boy. It contains a retro, um, a retro, uh, retro. Sorry, a Raspberry Pi W. Uh, the, the retro man. I don't know why I'm having such a hard time saying this. It is a Raspberry Pi Zero W. This is a kit that comes. Uh, and and i use that term loosely as a kit because it couldn't have been easier to put together there's this little module where you put the raspberry pi in and then you snap it in and it, that's it it becomes a full-fledged handheld gaming system takes 4 aa ba- or 3 aa batteries and it boots up the raspberry pi into uh you can use a bunch of different different gaming front ends like uh emulation station Uh, You can use Laka, You can use a couple of different ones. I went and downloaded a fully finished image of of, um, Emulation Station that has about, I think, eight different emulators on it. Everything from Atari 7800, 2600, uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo. uh, Whatever you can install in the Emulation Station can be on this one. But this particular one has the full ROM sets for all of the different different emulators it is a great great handheld system the screen is nice and bright everything the sound is good everything works great my only complaint was the d-pad where on at least on mine when you press down it sometimes will register left and right too because the direction the d-pad is kind of loose in the slot it's a little sloppy so it doesn't do good, re- so I, I basically I looked this up, and it's not just my system. A lot of people had this problem, and the solution, I guess, is you can get a replacement D pad either from a Game Boy Color or a um, a three D printed custom one, which is the route I went, and I'm still waiting for it to come in. And you just take this thing apart, and you can pop a new. It's literally just the. It's not the electronics. It's just the plastic uh d-pad controller and once you pop that in because there's it there's not as much slop in between it and the case it registers the the button presses better so i'm waiting for that to come in and i'll report but that is the only complaint i have and it's really not that bad but it is annoying at times especially honestly it's not that annoying in the gameplay it is more annoying in the menus, because I'll be going down, and then left and right an emulation station takes you to the next emulator. So I'll be going down looking for a ROM to play, and it will jump into a whole other emulator, and it's very frustrating. So I'm glad that that part's coming in. Uh, the only other thing that I really purchased recently was... Um, A Game Boy Color, and this was probably four or five months ago, and I haven't been been using it a lot because it suffers a bit from the same problem I have with the Neo Geo Pocket, and that is that the screen is pretty dim, so I'm going to probably get a backlit um, mod for that one and install it so that I can get more use out of that handheld system, but honestly, with the Super Game Boy, I've been kind of using that more for playing Game Boy games, although it would be nice to do the color games correctly. So, anyway, that for this month is my Eric's take. I just wanted to wrap up a few projects or talk about a few projects that I had been working on. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, send us feedback at podcast at Thank you.
0: We are back. We are back.
2: And we need to rate that IPA that we.
0: That's true. We have not done that yet. Those are three good segments. Let me just tell you right now.
2: Those were excellent. I, w- I feel fully informed.
0: I am informed. All right. So it's this- a
2: Bobby Dazzler.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what that means. We better means. know what that means before we publish uh, this.
2: I really don't know what it means. I'm but- going add
0: that to errata next month right now. <laughs> <laughs> a Bobby Dazzler. It's a Bobby Dazzler. Oh, I hope this is not a curse word.
2: Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> crikey. <laughs> Um, so the what, it's hazy, your beer, little, so hazy little
0: thing by Sierra Nevada.
2: Yeah, I want you to pick the ratings. I bought then. it
0: because it was a less expensive, more highly produced hazy. Yep. So I can get a little less expensive, uh, ke- keg this time, but I know it's something I like. It's a good everyday hazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna set the scale at 3,000. Ooh. <laughs> 3,000. 3,000. 3,000. Um, Cheek, it's from Chico. Yeah,
2: three thousand pine trees. <laughs> three thousand partying college students. <laughs> I like that.
0: Three thousand uh, for people I don't know. drunk college students with forties duct taped to their hands.
2: Yeah, Chico here is a party school. That's pretty much In the what woods it's known for. Yeah.
0: All right. So out of three thousand drunk party students with forty ounce empty bottles duct taped to their hands. Yep. How many would you give hazy little thing?
2: Out of 3,000? I'm going to give it. Quick math. Yeah, I'm going to give it. Uh, I mean, like IPAs aren't my favorite, and this one was quite hoppy. So okay. I'm going to have to ding it some points there. Okay. Probably going to give it a. I'm going to give it a 1,900. Ooh. 1,900 no, no, out of 3,000. That's not that
0: low. If it got low, 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 low. I'm going
2: to give it a 1900. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. I, 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 like I that. It, it was just too much. Too, too much, much hop for you there. Too top. much hop for me. Okay.
0: I, I admit it's not my favorite, but it's a good solid one for me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to yep. give it a 24, mm. 387. Wow. To be specific. That's pretty good. It's like a solid B.
2: That's hybrids.
0: It's high It's high I wouldn't have bought old cake if I didn't enjoy it. I enjoy it.
2: No, uh, and you should. I mean, everybody likes different things. It's definitely got that Sierra.
0: If you don't, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which is their I'm flagship. I'm not either. I'm not either. It definitely has a little bit of that hop, but with a hazy. Yeah. So. I like it, it. Yeah. Cool. So let's, let's open another beer. All right. And then we're going to jump uh, right after that into six good games. So, um, So here you go. This is the beer I'm gonna
2: pour. it in I've a- never had this one, so this is a new one. I just saw in the store, and I didn't. I, I had no idea if it was good or not.
0: This is from Rogue, which I know is in Portland.
2: Yep, Rogue is a great brewery. Oregon.
0: It's called a Honey Kolsch It says Kolch style ale, brewed with Rogue Farms Hop Yard honey, and it says Dare, Risk, and Dream. Yes, um, all good advice. So go ahead and pour that bad boy. I'm going to pour this bad boy. And you can just go right ahead and take a sip when you get a chance.
2: Yes, I will.
0: Um, so we can get this review underway. Let's hear that. Oh, that's a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was like, whoa. It's making me want to pee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I already took care of that, luckily.
2: All right. So this one is a very light Cheers, colored. Um, Cheers. Light, it's light colored, but it's got a nice frothy head it's frothy
0: which also nooks need to be Go ahead and take a sip of that uh yeah I will. apparently this is dedicated to bees situated just across from 40 acres of rogue hops 119 colonies of bees were carefully kept and fed and the honey was uncapped extracted filtered and finally infused into a refreshing kolsch style ale it's refreshing only 26 ibus that's bitterness so you're good Yep. And uh, 5.2% alcohol by value.
2: 5.2? Wow, that's more than I thought it would be. Mm, How's the flavor? Is that as much as you thought it would be? It is. Actually, It is refreshing. It's refreshing.
0: It's also very honey.
2: It is very honey. It's refreshing and honey. It's very honey. Honey. Hmm.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Simple and one-sided. Very honey. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's not, like, overly sweet. Overpowering honey, it's light and refreshing, but the full flavor I'm getting is honey more than beer. Really? Hmm. I'm getting a lot of honey. In a good way, though.
2: Yeah. All right. So we'll have to wait a bit. Maybe in the middle of our second game. We're gonna forget again. We're gonna forget (laughs) again. Do you want to just rate it now? Let's just rate it. All right. Out of honeybees. That's an easy one, because there's... Where out of run. honeybees.
0: Gonna... Out how many honeybees, Eric?
2: Let's talk about 42 honeybees. Funny, 42 honeybees? 42 honeybees.
0: I think it's good. I think it's solid. I don't think it's great just because it's a little sweeter than I want it to be, even though it's not overwhelmingly sweet. Yep. It's good sometimes beer. I'm going to give it...
2: It's a good summer beer.
0: 33 out of 42.
2: I think I will, too. That's the number I had in my head. I think I'll cool. give it a thirty-three, maybe a thirty-four. But I, I, would, I would order
0: it again. I think it's it. It would get higher as a every once in a while beer. But
2: I could see enjoying this on a su- nice summer day.
0: There you go, playing a twenty-six shooter. I don't know. Uh, yeah, twin pairs six. well with that a sunny ale. Yeah. All right, it's time for six good games, ladies six and gentlemen.
2: Six good games. <laughs> It's an interesting one. This This is going to be a cool one. Yeah, I think so. Because it's going to be multimedia like it's 1997. Multimedia! (laughs) Multimedia! Oh, man! Ah! It's like
0: QuickTime when that first came out.
2: Yeah, I remember that. You can
0: watch postage stamp-sized
2: videos on my computer. I remember when they were linked up on the World Wide Web, little tiny little. <laughs> I would go on
0: MTV.com and spend yeah. forty-five minutes downloading a two-minute <laughs> music video, watch yes. it, and then download another one. I yeah. would do that all night long. All right.
2: So this is six good games. I stress the good, good. Six good games with great eight-bit soundtracks. Is that how I read it? That's not how I read it, but that's what it says it. Says, exactly. I, I'm, I I'm reading that what it says on the paper. Six
0: good games. Hyphen. Yeah. With. Great 8-Bit soundtracks. Alright, do you want to go first or do you want me to go for it?
2: Well, you're our first on the list here, so why don't you go first? Oh, you want me to go first? <laughs> I'll do it. Do you want me to do it?
0: I have. I want to go last with the last one. That's specifically...
2: Perfect. Alright, then I'll go first. Perfect. I don't, I don't mind. Perfect. <laughs> this what first, is your first good game? This first one is easy for me. It is my favorite SID, which is the chip in the Commodore 64, mm-hmm. is my favorite um sid of all time really yep and it is a great game which i pirated when i was a kid i'm ashamed to say Ooh. i was didn't a dirty even, pirate
0: didn't even help the the yep. programmers i was
2: a dirty rotten pirate and i remember pirating this game and i played it for probably a couple months just i just liked the game i thought it was a very interesting take on a kind of rogue-like style game okay does it have a name? it is (laughs) yes it does it is masters of magic ah our master i should say master of magic yeah master of magic um it is a tune the 8-bit soundtrack is by rob hubbard which is a a rob
0: hubbard game okay
2: which is a very well-known uh sid composer
0: i almost put down monty on the run because i love that soundtrack yeah i don't love the game it's okay it's okay but yeah rob hubbard has plenty of good sid chip songs absolutely
2: so i would like to play the tune for you and then we'll talk a little bit about the game
0: here we go go (laughs)
2: <laughs> abrupt, abrupt stop there we should put like a record that's metal like a record like <laughs> <laughs> anyway so one memory i have of this game is that i i did play it of course and i loved it but i do remember turning this game on and just listening to the sid and walking away and just having it blasting in my room i love that that's have a cool ambiance? yeah it's it's just an amazing tune it it evokes really good memories for me of just sitting in my room, like, listening to that. I remember one particular rainy, like, storming day, and I had the window open in my room, and it was, like, literally, like, lightning outside, but I had oh, that's this cool. tune playing. And it I has was a just... very
0: good vibe to it. It's yeah, so... Uh, atmosphere.
2: One thing I wanted to show you about the game, though, that is kind of hard to explain, is that if you think of a game like Gateway to Shy, it... um. It has an element where you can see yourself from the top down. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can fast forward a part in the gameplay there. Um, like, see you see where you're walking around? Like, at, like you can see a top-down view, but you're really just a dot, and you mm-hmm. see, like, little enemies. But there's also a little area where it shows, like, a, it's almost like a text adventure as well, where you, like, pick up, like, there's a bunch of commands. Like, one of those, like, pick your verb... Like pick up, yeah. open sword, door, run, open close door. door, run. But there's a top-down view too, which makes it a little more action-oriented. Mm-hmm. It's so very you can't quick compared to a yeah. So it's like, um and the worlds were really large in this game. It it it, it it's kind of hard to explain, but it's like a dungeon crawler slash text adventure slash. But it shows you like little graphics on the bottom of what you see. Like yeah, it, there's, there's a door. Doors. There's two doors. And you can click on those to go through them. It's very hard to explain, so I would I would say, like, go on YouTube. And take- then walk
0: through here. He's going super quick. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yes, exactly. Yep. And, uh, yes, yeah, so it's hard for me to pick out what's going on because things are just flashing across the screen right now. But yeah. I see the text box. I see the overview. And I see... Um,
2: Seems so like armor and a ring. Like, you can see treasure yeah, down can there. Yeah, I see your
0: inventory and your yep. pickup. And, yeah.
2: So, it's hard to define this game. It is very unique. I've never seen a game like this. Um,
0: It's a dungeon crawler. I would call it a dungeon crawler. It's just visually a lot of things at once.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of information going on at once. But while you're playing, I will say this as my final thing. While you're playing that music, that excellent music, bing, is playing throughout bing, the
0: whole game. The recording, I don't know if it captures it as well, but it's probably got that low bass. It does, yep. Yeah. That, that Sid.
2: So anyway, fun game, really unique, and, a, and an excellent soundtrack. And like I said, this is my favorite 8-bit Sid of all time.
0: Very cool. I had a feeling you were going to do a lot of C64
2: Sid stuff. I did too. So
0: I, I tried to avoid that, but of course, yeah. I went back to my roots, which is NES stuff.
2: Sure. And I did I threw an NES game in there too. Yeah. So, I'm
0: sure I've talked about this game before on here. Mm-hmm. Um all the Mega Man games are instantly excuse me, 8-bit soundtrack classics. Yeah. If you go on YouTube or even Spotify and just type in Mega Man, you'll find dozens of bands mostly metal sounding yeah. covering Mega Man tunes. The melodies in Mega Man songs are brilliant. Yeah. And I could literally pick out 50 pieces of music that were just awesome examples of melodies. Now, these aren't technically amazing arrangements. They're just so catchy, and I can hum, like, almost any song from Mega Man 1 through, like, 5. (laughs) Like, they're all good. Um, So when I collected my sounds that we're going to listen to here, uh, I thought about the game. I knew the best, which, of course, is Mega Man 3, the one I grew up with and owned. And so I took three different songs and kind of mashed them together here. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, I saw on Twitter today, someone pasted a picture, um, actually it was, oh, what's his name? The, the Sega guy from Australia, forgetting his name right now.
2: Sega guy from Australia. I don't remember his name. Oh
0: man, I feel bad. Um, well, if he listens, you can call me out. That'd be awesome. I don't know if he listens. So, okay. Anyways, uh, he put up a thing that said, uh, his psychiatrist said, there's no way you can hear pictures. Yeah. He said, I proved them wrong. And he just put up a Sega logo of course everyone hears
1: sega yeah,
0: right definitely so definitely. for me if you put on um, the introduction scene to mega man 3 you would instantly hear mega man okay. i hear it instantly yeah so here's a little mashup for uh, mega man cool Funny that last one was actually the uh, stage select screen. Yeah, <laughs> so I was going to say the one it was before really Happy Go Lucky.
2: The one before that last one, I actually recognized, and I don't play a lot of Mega Man, but so I recognized that recognize last one, that one is
0: the Doctor Wily mm-hmm. boss theme. Okay, so every Mega Man uses a variation of that. Okay, that fight scene, and then the first one was the intro where you see Mega Man looking over the tower. Yeah, looking off the edge of the skyscraper, so cool. Yeah, um, I didn't. I mean, there's so many clips. I all the boss uh battle all of the boss there's you know one two three four eight different bosses so eight levels per megaman game you get select to which boss you want to fight first yeah and they all have really different unique high energy very memorable melodies for every scene and i, I love them all yeah um top man hard man Man, anything that ends with man more or less <laughs> right um Gosh, it's a good game, but I mean, everyone knows Mega Man. I don't, it's it is a very it's a great game with a great soundtrack. Yeah, um, and by it I mean all ten of the original eight bit ones.
2: Now, now that I know that there is a trick, like not a trick, but like if you take certain guys in certain orders, it makes the game easier.
0: Absolutely. So <laughs> a lot of people who haven't played Mega Man very much think it's like a super hard series, and it's some of not. it is. I think yeah. it's such it's a very average difficulty. Okay. To me, it's just right in the middle out of 12 at 6. Okay. Um, but that is, if you want to make the game last a lot longer, mm-hmm. you got to play all the bosses and play through the levels, get to the boss and see if you can beat him. And if you can't, try another boss until you get there. Or, if you more more realistic nowadays, if you want to actually play through that, look up a little guide on just a boss order. And so, for example, Mega Man 3, here's a little quick tip. Start with Top Man. Yeah, You go there, you can beat Top Man, you'll learn his pattern. It might take you a few times. Um, you get three lives per per stage. So if you can't beat him in three lives, you're gonna have to start the stage over again. But yeah. you'll learn his pattern. Yeah. You learn his pattern, you can kill him with the regular shot. Then you get top spin, which is his his um special weapon he bestows upon you when you kill him. And then you get to go after the next guy, and when you get to that boss, you use top spin's ability on the next boss and it kills him in four hits. And then you get to take that ability and try to find the next guy. So you can look up uh, just a sheet of which boss order to go in, yeah. and you'll enjoy the heck out of it. Or if you really want to drag it <clears> out, <throat> you can try to figure out the boss order yourself. Yeah, um, Players who are really good can play through the whole game with just the regular shot. If you know the bosses that well, you don't, just don't get hit. Yeah. And your regular shot doesn't do a lot of damage, but if you want to be able to get through it on an average basis, that's the way to do it.
2: I I may, All start, six of them are like that. I might need to start trying to tackle Mega Man, because it's a game that I've played casually over the years but never even tried to focus on beating it because it got really hard
0: a lot of people consider Mega Man two and three the best i would highly suggest you skip one uh i would highly suggest you eventually make your way back to it Mm -hmm. but it is much harder okay because they just hadn't quite figured things out yet the one-eyed yellow monster or the red-eyed yellow monster is almost impossible Hmm. i mean um everyone knows that, that that's the hardest guy and he's like a semi a sub boss but yeah. he's gonna kill you i'll give it a shot but the all the other games i'd say say two or three first and then four or five and six uh even the new ones are great the, the nine X's and ten
2: or nine ten they came and, out with
0: nine and ten on the modern systems which are eight bit it's kind of like the spectrum next of eight bit Mega Man games yeah but yeah the x games are good too i'd start with x yeah cool Love that series One of my favorite series If not my favorite Honestly After all 20 something games They have for it
2: What's next on your list? My second one Is DuckTales I second that motion On the NES And the composer is Hiroshigi Tanimira.
0: ooh, You were confident and you said it once. I, I stumbled through all my Japanese names.
2: Well, I hope I got it right. And ah, then, and then also Mark Mueller was credited on two of the songs in the... Because DuckTales has like nine or ten songs within the actual game. So, yeah. But Mark Mueller was credited... are all very
0: good, but everyone credits the moon theme... The moon that, level to be the And that's pitiful. the one
2: I that's the one I did a sample of so let's okay. hear let's hear that Is that, that your favorite one?
0: Is that why you picked it or yep. have you heard, Okay. Moon yeah, exactly. One loves the moon level, all right? Well, here we go. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I, I really didn't edit those very well. Though. I love it, though. That's um, good. So, DuckTales, for those of you don't know, that don't know, is you are playing Scrooge McDuck, right? That's yep. right. Yeah. And you are jumping around on a pogo stick. Which is
0: its cane, but somehow it bounces?
2: Yeah, I, I always thought it was a pogo stick when I played it, but... Um, and once you get that down and you start mastering that, the game becomes easier. Because you really need to learn how to bounce on it. The sp- game is based
0: it. around that. Every level has something you need to use. His cane as a pogo <clears> stick. Yep. It's a really good game.
2: It's a really good game. The graphics are great. It really showcases the the original Nintendo. But that is probably the best level music. But they're all really good. Mm-hmm. They're all really good. So... I mean, you will enjoy the music throughout the entire game.
0: And here's, the, the I guess, another point. Mega Man, Capcom. Yeah. DuckTales, Capcom. That's true. Yeah. So when you think about great NES games, not only is the, is the gameplay really good on Capcom games, yeah. and I'm going to throw Konami games in there, <clears throat> yeah. but they really focused on music. You don't realize how much an old 8-bit game you get out of the sound. But if you play most of these games without the sound, they're hard to play. That's true. That sound really adds a ton. You just don't give it credit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, DuckTales is great. There's, It's similar to Mega Man, and there's multiple levels you can play in any order. And uh, you, you get into it, and you hear that music, and you're humming it the next day. Yeah,
2: so. I haven't revisited DuckTales in a while, but when I pulled that music out, I was I, I was like, man, it's been a while since so I played so I loaded it up, and I was... I was playing it and started the muscle memory started coming back yeah. on some of the levels, but it's not an easy game. I mean, a lot of it is kind of tricky, so you got to be very really careful. I mean, you got to, well, not be careful, but you need to you need to practice in the game. I mean, it's not the easiest game in the world.
0: Yeah, I would say it's similar to, um, Mega Man. I guess yeah. maybe a little easier than Mega Man, but yeah. not.
2: Not I much. think it's easier. You, you got to get
0: used to that Pogo stick. It's
2: easier than Mega Man, but if you don't understand that Pogo stick, you're not going to get very far in the game. And I think that frustrated a lot of people at first, but it, it's worth.
0: When I was a kid, I remember renting this and I loved it, but I couldn't be the level. Yeah. Because I'd get to the part where you need to use the Pogo stick. <clears throat> yep. The trick is you have to hold down when you jump. You yep. jump, then you hold down your Pogo stick. It's just really it just, off. It's different than any other game. You yep. don't normally do that. And it
2: just and I, you probably phrased it a lot better than I than than I tried. You, when you hold that button down and you bounce up and down over mm-hmm. and over again, you can also move left and right while you're doing that. So you can move around with just pogoing everywhere.
0: Yeah, but you have to hold down the whole time, and you have then to like hold roll down the whole your time. finger to the left or right. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's a tricky game to master the system, but once you do, it's worth it because the graphics are great, the sound is amazing, the soundtrack are- is
0: solid. Yep. Yeah, and again, that's a good example of music where it's technically not impressive, but the melodies are just solid. Yeah. They're just really catchy.
2: And they stick with you.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yep. My next game, I wanted to hop over to the Game Boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, excellent. The, uh, we mentioned player. this before. The Game Boy doesn't get a lot of love for the sound. No. Because a lot of people played it with the one speaker in the front. They did. You didn't hear most of the sound. It's actually got really good bass response. Yeah. And it's got really cool stereo sound that most games take advantage of. But you have to plug in the headphones.
2: You have to plug in some headphones, yeah.
0: Final Fantasy Adventure is the game I chose. Okay. Okay. It is also fairly simple. I've never played this game. Um, It is actually technically more... It's not a Final Fantasy game. It's more of a Secret of Mana game. Oh, cool. In Japan, I think it was a Secret of Mana game that they changed the name for the Western audience because Final Fantasy was hitting over here. It was
2: a bigger thing, yeah.
0: Yeah. um, It's an action RPG rather than a turn-based like all the other Final Fantasy games. Okay. Which is more of a Secret of Mana thing. And they changed some of the names of things to look more Final Fantasy-y. But the music, while simple... Has really good use of stereo sound Mm -hmm. um, Which you'll hear in some of these clips But it's also uh, Simple but emotional So let's take a listen Yep There's a little find a fantasy yeah. adventure. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> I like how you faded yours out like nice and clean. It's all ni- like <laughs> like nicely done. Mine <laughs> just mine uh, just abruptly ends. No, but th- honestly, I, I never really noticed. I I really haven't delved into the Game Boy library that much. But mm-hmm. that the music was just as good as an a NES game.
0: Or was it, Eric? Or was it? We'll get there in a second. All right. Um, but no, that game brings back a lot of nostalgic memories for me but i just always loved the, the way the gameplay and the music kind of matched yeah um, that was great that was great. most of the game was kind of wandering kind of like zelda where you're wandering through forests and you'll come across an occasional enemy and have to take them out a lot of story involved <laughs> but nothing over the top no cutscenes. yeah uh but when you actually got to a boss or a, a really high energy fight the energy, the music would pick up um so it just really match the energy well which you can't those are all kind of slower songs right um but what's really cool about it is when I looked at... I actually i just pulled these off a website that ripped them really well. Mm-hmm. And I faded them in and out and stuff. That game had 33 minutes of songs. That's pretty good. That's
2: almost a full album.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 33 minutes of music over, like, 29 tracks. And those tracks are all a couple minutes long, mm-hmm. and then they loop. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a long track. It, we're not is. talking... A lot of games on here, especially, like, the ones from cheaper NES companies, like... Um, is it JLM, the one with the rainbow? What is it, J...
2: Jaleco, or...
0: Or, <laughs> oh, yeah, or them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they literally had the entire album for the game, and it was intro music, game music.
2: Yeah. That's it. That's it, yeah.
0: So, I mean, Square Enix took their time. I think yeah. they were just Square at this point, but... Yeah. Anyways, good stuff, good game. Really good, um, if you like Secret of Mana, mm-hmm. and you want a handheld black and white Game Boy Secret of Mana awesome game
2: it's been a very long time since i've played secret of mana and i can't remember if i got through it all or not but i love secret of mana i thought it was a fantastic game with a good soundtrack an rpg yeah and you could play three player you could play three player that's right co-op yep all right what's next for me here Turrican. turrican wow and of course, we're going to pick my favorite retro system of all time again—the C64. That's C64. And this is Chris Husselbeck. I think yeah, that's I'm right. I'm glad right? you
0: took the time to put the, uh, the musicians, the names, composers. But yeah, yeah. I failed to do that.
2: My bad. That's okay. But the Turrican, you have played Turrican, right? I did. It's yes. like a platformer shooter, run and gun platformer. Run and gun. I guess yeah. that's a good—that's a good term. Yeah, run and gun. Let's play it. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I failed. I failed in my post-editing uh, duties here. <laughs> um,
0: so that soundtrack. If I was going to tell somebody, what does a sid chip sound like? Yeah, that is the most. That's it. I mean, that's a good version of it, but that is most C64 games. They had all three things. They had the arpeggio. The. Yep. Bow, and then they had the, yep. and then the melody pops in after like eight measures and does just...
2: like it.
0: it was, yep. That was the SID chip right there.
2: So that, that and commando are the two, like whenever somebody says, Oh, the SID chip on the C C64 and they want me to explain it. Commando and Turrican are the two that I, that I have demos. C- commando has like a, If I had to present one Sid song, it would be Commando. But it's not my favorite, but it's like, it's the one that you... This sounds like Commodore 64. Yeah. But, so Turrican, I remember as a kid... Going along with my Commodore 64, doing my thing, and then all of a sudden, Turrican comes out, and like everyone's blow, like their minds are blown by Turrican. And if you've seen Turrican on the C64, I mean, it looks like in a more advanced, like, NES game. So, I mean, yeah, it's an amazing, like, feat of, of, uh, like, a jump in technology for the Commodore 64. Um, and I remember I pirated that one. Of course, <laughs> I'm admitting a lot of show what? a lot of what now. I'm oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm admitting a lot of stuff here. A lot of
0: shoes. Yeah, a lot I'm of shoes. So many shoes.
2: <laughs> wow, though. Yeah. Um, but I remember downloading this game and going, "Oh, what is this, Turrican?" And, and playing it and going, "This." It, I mean, it it blew my mind. I mean, this was one of those yeah. defining games that. Push the C sixty four forward. You couldn't find Turkin here. Really, like if I walked into a Commodore sixty four like computer shop, which mm-hmm. there were three or four in Sacramento, that
0: boggles th- my mind. This
2: one just wasn't there. I mean, they, I never, I never saw this one on the shelf. Yeah, yeah and anyway. To pirate it, so I had just pirated it, and
0: yeah, I think this is more. I, I think it was more England centric mm-hmm. again. Yeah, because uh, I also noticed that this is one of those games that on the Genesis wasn't very popular. We had Mega turkin Okay. And it's fairly rare, but all the Turrican games were huge over there, and they're like that's you know that was their running gun over there, if you will.
2: You might be right. So the Turrican was probably PAL, and then it if it did, the pirated one I downloaded is probably an NTSC fix for that. So they yeah. may not have even come out on the shelf here. I don't remember. Now,
0: if you enjoy Turrican, I would highly suggest you search out the Dreamcast game Gunlord. It came to me. <laughs> um, yeah, Gunlord is really cool, kind of fan remake if you will um, here let me pull up a video because you have to check this out and it's all dreamcasty and higher resolution and youtube going all slowy yeah
2: what's going on here
0: um there it is
2: oh wow yeah that, that actually looks like turkin quite a bit it's it looks almost update like a, updated graphics yeah
0: even though it's dreamcast it almost looks like a 32-bit sega saturn turkin yeah um, very cool game, obviously very smooth compared to the original jerkin. Um, but the way it plays, the the physics and even the weapons like that one right there. Yeah. Gunlord.
2: It's almost like a whip, but it's like a laser whip.
0: It is a homebrew game that came out in, I don't know, twenty eleven or something like that. Um but seek it out. Pretty cool.
2: It does look good. Alright. Last Is this the last one? game?
0: Last good game. Now I saved this for last because It's another NES game. Okay. However, our our listeners will know this game right off the bat. Um, Most people who like the Nintendo 8-bit games will like this right off the bat. But some people may or may not know, most of our listeners will, that the Famicom, of course, was the Nintendo in Japan. Yeah. When it came over here, it was called the Nintendo Entertainment System, blah, blah, blah. Yep. We went from 60 pins to 70 pins even though the 72 pins that we have in America actually do less than the 60 pins do in Japan. In Japan, when you plugged the cartridge into a Famicom, mm-hmm. there was a circuit from the Famicom up into the game cartridge, from the game cartridge back into the Famicom. So if you wanted to add extra chips, you could. <clears throat> okay. The Nintendo cartridges did not do that. They didn't add that trace. Which means, when Konami <coughs> wanted to make a game that sounded killer, they added an enhanced sound chip in their cartridge. But we could not do that in America.
2: Thanks, Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> Reagan really screwed that uh, one up. About for the right us.
0: time period, actually, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> I
2: try I, if I'm, in my beer-addled <laughs> mind, which is like four beers in, I was like, "Which president was there?" <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Thanks,
2: Taft. <laughs> it, um, wasn't, it wasn't Taft. I know that. Mm. I was there with Taft. Oh, I was there. Man. That's funny.
0: Um, so, anyways, what I'm going to play really quick is Castlevania Three.
2: Castlevania Three, the American version. Okay.
0: Just one little clip, and you'll recognize the clip. Okay.
2: Yeah, I do. Do you recognize that clip? It's a Pixel Gaiden clip. Pixel in uh, Man, we are naughty. <laughs> aren't we, though? What are you talking about? <laughs> so that was written by Cody Hoffman. Um, yeah, exactly.
0: No, it was not. I I don't know who it was. It was Konami. Yeah. All of Konami's NES games sound awesome. The great composition. Yeah, it sounds good. Technically impressive. Mm-hmm. But what happens when we play the original Japanese version with the extra ROM chip? Yeah. Let's hear that same take again and a few other songs. Okay.
2: Yeah,
0: (laughs) sounds like that put a lot of 16-bit games to shame.
2: Yeah, I mean that had better stereo separation, better voices, had more tracks. It
0: had um, cool echo effects and reverb. It had um, yeah, just instead of having hard square waves, it had these rounded. It sounded more musical. Yep. Um,
2: Well, Castlevania has got amazing music, but that one was like the pinnacle.
0: So of course we used that first track with the Japanese version with the extra tracks. Yeah in the intro right now. Yeah. I say right now because once they find out
2: <laughs> yeah, it's over. that we're,
0: we're doing millions and millions of downloads yeah. with their equipment, we're going to have to go ahead and take that down, Eric.
2: We're going to have to strip out all of our good stuff. And then uh,
0: <laughs> it's just going to be an acapella version of Eric and I going... We'll make it work. We'll make it work. And of course, Castlevania is a great action game. I don't know if you want to call the action beat 'em up platformer, hack and slash. I don't know what you call it, but yeah, really great game. The first one's really solid, and they just got better and better, doing all kinds of cool graphic effects. Yep. Gameplay pretty much stayed the same, but they're all good. Yep, and uh, the music on that one especially was. <clears throat> extra killer
2: i'm 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 tackling castlevania in reverse order like i i played bloodstained and i got all these skills in bloodstained and i got skills. really good and i loved bloodstained and i got really good at it and now i went back and i played symphony of the night and i was like i'm way better now yeah like i'm way oh, better I at symphony game. of the night so now i want to go back and beat symphony of the night and i just need the time to do it but i think i could do it now which symphony of the night has always been my favorite castlevania game yeah so,
0: I want to try some of the GBA ones. Yeah, which were more or less inspired mm-hmm. by Symphony of the Night. Right. Eric, that's the show. That is the show. That is March. That was fun. From Pixel Guy Dan. Oh! This is by far my favorite sound effect. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter what we do. We throw a bomb in there, and it feels like something huge just happened. That's right. It's blowing my mind up. Blowing my mind. Uh, stay tuned next month for our Doki Doki Literature Club update.
2: <laughs> we yeah, we're gonna have to do a whole segment on Doki Doki Literature. that we built it up.
0: Yeah, we hit it. It's it's up. and we'll have to have Tim with us. Yuri, so
2: I yearn for Yuri. Oh uh,
0: well, you'll understand what that means <laughs> next month on Pixel Guide and. Um, do we have any idea what do you want to do for Six Good Games or Battle of Systems next month, Eric? Any ideas?
2: Oh, man.
0: Six Good Games, I had a couple ideas. Throw by me. I had Zombie Games. Ooh, that's a, lot a good of zombie one. games. Yeah. Also, this is I thought was would be interesting because you and I cannot click with the European standard of isometric games. What if we did Six Good Isometric Games? We, might, we could help that out would, for a while. That would it's,
2: force me to actually tolerate some isometric games because most i don't tolerate like i'm yeah, like What's this is nonsense 10
0: minutes in I'm just like nope
2: yeah let's, um, um let, let's do get there i eventually. like zombie games i i do like zombie games but let's let's do the isometric ones are you sure yeah
0: okay we're doing isometric okay
2: so six and, uh, good isometric games
0: yep and
2: then uh we'll and f- wait, wait are we gonna be finicky about isometric because there's uh,
0: no get creative there's
2: forced perspective there's like if anything if you can is, make a
0: case we're good to go
2: Okay, because I don't want to get all technical on isometric. Because I, I was listening to a podcast recently, and there was talk, they were talking about forced perspective versus isometric games, and it's like I don't really know the difference.
1: Mm.
0: The way I would put it, for I I don't know. I mean, make your own case. For me, isometric the one. The point is, it's the games that we have a hard time with. Yeah, and the, typically we have a hard time with because you have to turn the controller. 45 degrees to right. make it make sense So l- let me Cubert Q- would be an isometric game
2: Cubert, Qbert's a good example Zaxxon, is that That's absolutely
0: isometric Okay,
2: Okay. so I just want to be mind. sure But the cool thing is this is going to force me to play a lot of ZX Spectrum games Which yeah. I look forward to
0: On my new Next, which I shall it. arrive it sometime It shall arrive within
2: the next week, I Gosh, predict
0: darn it um, <clears throat> And we'll figure out a battle of the systems later
2: Yeah, let me think about that But I bet we could come up with something good Anything you're looking forward to, Eric? uh just this coronavirus thing getting over with oh yeah so i can go back to resu- resuming normal abilities but um no i mean i i don't have anything in mind now that i got that pico 8 i actually think i'm hoping that i'll have a pico 8 update because i want to play I, there's been months where i haven't played any pico 8 games and i want to yeah. like try some of the newer ones that have come out oh, but they've I,
0: gotten so much more advanced and yeah. in- interesting and there
2: was one that was like assault like yeah. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter, like it was going around like somebody made a Pico eight game where the whole world rotated like mode seven. Hey, did you hear
0: um in Stockton there was a guy who was just sitting on a park bench eating like nuts and some guy attacked These nuts? <laughs> wow, Eric. <laughs>
2: These he was just
0: sitting there <laughs> anyway, go ahead. on a park bench and some guy came up and uh do you know what happened?
2: I don't know. I never haven't heard the story. He got assaulted.
0: Oh, man. You're welcome. I'll be here all week.
2: All right. I didn't I did I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that.
0: <laughs> okay, on that note, we're gonna have to end this thing. I'm looking forward to playing Breath of the Wild, which I've owned for over a year and never plugged it in. Oh I I, think... I have no interest in the game. I heard it's amazing and I want to dig into it, but I can't get myself to pick that over all the other games that I find more interesting looking at the covers.
2: There was a good two months where I, I played Breath of the Wild and loved it. Lo- so many people have
0: like that you look at their top five games, and it's like this game, eight hours, this game, four hours, this game, ten hours, breath of the wild, two hundred hours. so many people
2: I still will s- will maintain that that is my favorite legend of Zelda game it's still my favorite, cool. even though I didn't finish it, I thought it was amazing.
0: All right, Eric, cool that's it. All right, until next month, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelgaiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore gaiden. And you can also follow Eric at duhproject. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.